is Kiki Rai, and you're listening to For the... listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from WoW Dogs, and For the Lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 21st of December, the second last podcast of the year. And as such, we're going to have a special time tonight and do of the year awards. Uh, This is going to be a little bit casual. Don't expect anything that you'd see on any major news sites where they have gotten to play all of the games per se. Some of this is going to be, well, I should say all of it, highly subjective in terms of what we have played, but not just that, but also what we've read, what we've seen, the game trailers, and everything else. Um, All three of us are very much in tune with what's going on in the gaming world, though by no means are we experts, but we tend to watch and read about damn near everything because we are at heart gamers, and we do love to do that. Case in point, I spent literally a couple of days going through as much Uncharted 2 stuff as I could simply because it's under the tree waiting for me now. It's wrapped up, but fuck, I know that's what it is because that's what I told the wife I wanted. And it's driving me nuts. Like a 12-year-old, I want to sneak downstairs tonight, unwrap it carefully, play it while she's sleeping, and then wrap it back up again. So <laughs> I hope it's not. I, I hope it it's is. not that. I, hope it's I know it is. Else. I know it is. That's the thing. Because I basically sent her the link to Amazon <laughs> along with... <laughs> Links, to, yeah, along with links to the two Dragon Age books, as well as even the guide to Dragon Age. So, <laughs> all that just to say, folks, as you are listening, if you disagree with our choices, understand we're just having a little bit of fun here, and it's based again on not necessarily everything that we've played, but heard about as well. That being said as well, we're going to be taking input from the crowd as we're going along. And if you would like to call into the show just for shits and giggles and give us stories about some of your favorite gaming experiences of the year, just make sure to add for the lore one word in Skype as a contact and I can bring you in during the show if we do have time. That being said, you just heard the boys. They are back for another round. We got Joe from Way of the Totem as well as Enrique from Spooncraft. So how are you guys doing tonight? Aside from the tree incident with Joe, which made the podcast late. Other than that, how is everybody doing? Doing I have booze. Fuck, I'd need a lot of booze if I had a tree problem. Like, did it set on fire? Did it fall over? What's the deal? Just imagine a cat that weighs about 30 pounds trying to climb a tree that doesn't really have that sort of support first off what the hell are you feeding that cat second off why don't you have somebody there with a broom to swat at the son of a bitch whenever he gets near the tree like i do with my dog she's part main coon and she's stubborn as shit she'll probably eat the broom and you have this pet still why this is what i want to know because she keeps me warm at night that's not good enough. <laughs> That's not good enough. This goes back to the earlier That's conversation, yeah. right, Roger? The, the fact that your cat licks you at night in special places does not quantify you keeping it. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, actually, we're going to get right into this because we're going to, uh, we've got quite a few categories to go through here. And then during the post-show, time permitting, which we probably have quite a bit of time seeing as Joe doesn't have to rate tonight, we're going to maybe touch on some of the news events for the week. Because just so that they can go still in the podcast, but it'd be fun just to get into the categories of for the year. So with that in mind, we're just going to take some turns here in regards to what our choices were in any given category. I've got a whack load that I put in here. And again, understand, highly subjective. You don't under, have to agree, but I don't give a rat's ass. It's our podcast and you're listening. So moving on with the easiest stuff right now, we're just going to do some plain silly stuff to start off with. So, best humor in a game. And we're going to start off with Joe. What is your number one, and if you have any runner-ups? Actually, the number one humor for the year, I have to give it to Brutal Legend. It was just so over-the-top metal humor. It's my number one humor for the year. I really don't have a runner's-up for it. All right. Rick, you? I would have to say Borderlands. Just flat out it was a it was a toss of runner up is left for dead 2 because if you actually sit down and go through all the sound files for ellis's stories that are always interrupted um they'll make you they'll make you but uh borderlands i really i really dug i thought it was very very well played with the with the humor in that game see i actually found the best humor in left for dead 2 i really enjoyed again ellis was fantastic and the writing is really good and the interaction between all of the characters really leads to a lot of funny quips back and forth kind of thing which i really enjoyed quite a bit uh runner up i actually did put brutal legend as well there's it's it's a way different type of humor than we've seen in games as well um but if you like black then you if you like his movies and whatnot then you're likely to like this type of humor did you actually finish the game yet joe uh brutal legend yeah absolutely yeah so your your take on it overall i i really enjoyed the game i wish it was a little bit longer um, I'm really hoping that eventually we'll get some downloadable content for it. I don't think we'll see it. But the humor of it, it kept me entertained from beginning to end. It was just a fun game. And it, there are very few just fun games to sit down and play and, and just go with it. And, yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed it. I think it was worth the pickup. Well, dude, you haven't seen the, the DLC that's coming out for it now? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Yep. No, they got a trailer for it on GameTrailers.com. It's he – you got a bunch of new bunch of new costumes for your character. You can give – um. You can give like a full beard and it's just a bunch of different stuff. It's it's all multiplayer, like Sammy said. It's pretty much all multiplayer, new maps, new arenas and such. No, the multiplayer is still fun, so I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. I'll definitely download it. The I thing that I liked about the um, the Left for Two humor too is, as you see in a lot of situations where the humor is put in in very stressful situations kind of thing, makes it that much funnier. And when you're being surrounded by zombies and you're being attacked from all sides or they sneak up, when you're getting that funny quip every once in a while, it actually hits harder. And that's something yeah. that I saw as well when I was watching the um, the behind the scenes on Uncharted 2. There's a whole bunch of behind the scenes that they did for Uncharted 2 that you can download for free on the PSN network. And they actually had all of the actors sitting in a circle talking about a variety of things. You're going to hear me reference this quite a bit. It was is I'm very impressed with them for putting it out and for giving us a, a, a look into what went into that game, which is absolutely amazing. But anyways... 
what was cool was hearing how they were talking about humor in the game because if you played through the first Uncharted you saw that there's actually a lot of humor in the game and a lot of it is ad-libbed as well and you find that out as well when they're sitting down and they're talking to the woman who was the creative director and she's saying they used a lot of the ad-lib because they actually had the actors working together which you really don't see in um in a lot of games normally the 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 voice actors just go into a booth say their lines and that's that however with this they actually had the actors doing their lines while they were in the um the their costumes um what are those called the the the, the ping pong ball costumes so that they can do the uh, the motion, motion capture? capture yeah yeah the motion capture the, stuff and the, the mocaps yeah exactly and so they kept a lot of the lines from there and and used them and the guy who does uh nathan drake is actually also the guy who voiced uh deadpool in the wolverine versus um the hulk movie that they did a while back and they talked to him on the extras as well and they talked about him saying how unbelievably funny he is and he really is and they were talking about how again when you're putting in humor it doesn't have to be a lot of humor, but a little bit of humor at the right moments in a game when it's stressful, it makes it that much funnier. And that's what I found with Left 4 Dead. I can't argue, bro. Yeah, let's move on to the second ca- the second one. We got best cleavage of the year. <laughs> so, Rick, your pick. Um, honestly, I I would pick uh, Ivy from Batman Dark Asylum or uh Batman Arkham Asylum. God, I can't even speak right. Well, that's because of what we're talking about. See, I actually chose... I'm just I'm looking at a picture of it. That's why I'm distracted heavily right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm on a different tab. I'm wondering, when the heck are you going to get to me? Okay, yeah, and then tab back over. <laughs> See, I've got that as a runner-up. I've got Borderlands as a runner-up as well, too, for our phase walk and chick. And, but my, my top pick was still Ion, just because you had the option of choosing the size that you wanted, and the clothing really made good use of that. And the graphics were good enough that you can appreciate it as well. Joe, what about you? I have to give it as well to Batman Arkham Asylum. Between Ivy and Harley Quinn, it took the cake as far as best video game boob of the year. I've never wanted to hump a pixel so bad in my life. <laughs> Harley, the pictures of Harley, yes, were quite cool. Not, not not quite as cool as watching her flip around and watching those things jiggle. All right. And then the flip Jesus side of that joke. is the biggest fucking dudes of the year. This one here, I actually gave it the top place to Brick in Borderlands. We got, oh, Sammy's saying no runner-up from Morgan. No, they really weren't that impressive. No. That frigid bitch can take it and run. Yeah, no. You can see quite a bit of them, and there's a side boob that's very nice. But overall, it's lacking a certain Moving on, though. Biggest fucking dudes, I gave it to Brick as the main one for Borderlands. When you see that first scene, and you got him in the back there, and he's basically taking up the entire back... That, to me, is a very big fucking dude that you can play in a game. Runner-ups, I put it to Champions Online because you can make monster freaking heroes in that game, which I did. My my hero chick is actually <laughs> huge, and then I messed around with the guys, too. You can make them freaking huge, and then you're standing down looking at the, um, the other guys who failed to notice that they could adjust the size. And then another runner-up, of course, Ion, too, because I like making big warriors in Ion as... as <laughs> As Rick can attest to, <laughs> standing beside your character, me. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your character in Ion was like this roided out, freaking just like 
beast of a human. Like, I don't even what what the fucking call it. It was just weird to watch him run because like he would run in slow motion. Yeah, so everything's. Barely. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> moving on from there, next category we've got best new way of killing mobs. Joe, what's yours? Uh, actually, I'm going to go ahead and give the best new way to killing mobs over to Scribble Knots. Reason being, there's nothing that says I love you like a giant Cthulhu eating your face. <laughs> All right. Any runner-ups? Uh, honestly, runner-up, I'd have to give it to Champions Online because between all the different powers, there's some really fucked up cool shit you can do. Cool. Okay. And Rick? Hmm. It may sound kind of cheesy, but Left 4 Dead 2 because it is really fucking entertaining to take a vial of boomer puke and throw it on somebody or something and just watch the other zombies go ape shit after them. I thought that was really, really entertaining, especially if you want to fuck over a multiplayer game. See, Good times. That for me is a runner up. Well, the only runner up was Left 4 Dead 2 with the guitar melee attacks. <laughs> when yeah. you got that freaking looks like a Les Paul guitar, and whenever you hit, you hear that twang from the strings, and you start to lose strings and get the blood all over. I love, I refuse to picking up other weapons as soon as I pick up a guitar. And that's, I use that sucker. I love that. Um, I actually gave the talk pick to Prototype because killing shit in prototype is so much fun between all of the different ways that you could do it with your various powers that you get and whatnot mutations whatever it was fantastic it was something that you really hadn't seen like infamous had come out at the same time and there was the competition between the two of them however in my opinion infamous failed miserably at that whereas prototype really sucked you in the story actually was really good and it sucked you in really well and you had fun with it but it was the 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 different ways of killing shit was so much fun i absolutely loved it i don't know if you guys played it i uh, loved nope. prototype i hated infamous i got to play it at my friend's house and it was just such a it was electric spider-man it was a fail and then I got to play prototype, and you're right. It was a lot of fun, different things you could do, spikes out of the ground, giant cleavers, uh, hell, just blowing shit up with, you know, the head of a, a villain. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I it never got a chance to try it, but I really wanted to try out prototype. I heard people were just fapping over fucking prototype. I'm like, I really want to play prototype, but I could not get my hands on it. So, but whatever. I saw videos. It was one of those games, too, that I found that once I started, and, and that's when you know they're kind of doing something really well as well. Once it start, you start playing, it's really hard to put it down. The game is, is engineered in such a way that they make it very difficult for you to actually put it down, to stop playing. Because as soon as... Once you're in combat, you don't want to stop. It's fun. And then once you're out of the combat because you've actually finished what it was that you were supposed to do they immediately suck you in through the cinematics and the this and the that and telling you what you got to do next you're sucked in immediately and you want to keep going you're listening in and it's like it's a cool story as well so you really want to you want to keep going it's very difficult to stop playing that game so moving on from there the strangest gaming moment of the year for you guys so we're going to start off with rick Hmm, strangest gaming moment of the year. You did not prepare. To, well, I, I'm, I'm debating, man, because I don't want to go. I don't want to make this into a five hour long show. I mean, it could go to 
half the shit that happened in Borderlands, or it could go to half the shit that happened in Left 4 Dead 2, but you specifically said you cannot have it involve other players. Yeah, well, I, this I is uh, say, something that's in the game. Something that's in the game? Not an interaction with other exactly. players. Um, Noam Chomsky in Left 4 Dead 2, in the Dark Carnival thing, having to take that gnome and rescue him by doing the shoot him up and, you know, doing all the little carnival games and whatnot and playing with the freaking gnome and beating zombies in the head with a garden gnome. That was the weirdest and most fucking awesome thing I've done in a game in a while. All right, cool. Myself, the strangest thing that I have done in a game this year has been fighting a possessed stalk of corn. <laughs> Nothing compares to that. In fact, I can look back over the years of gaming and thinking about the weirdest shit that I've had to do, often in Japanese games too, that make no fucking sense. But never have I ever had to fight a possessed stock of corn that wins out. There's not even a runner up that takes the cake for me. Joe, yourself? Honestly, mine's going to wind up going to Left 4 Dead 2. Um, Dark Carnival of the Gnome was a runner-up, but the primary, the, the first thing that ever was the weirdest thing that I've ever seen was when a jockey who normally rides on the back of a player decided to hump the face of one of the NPCs. <laughs> now, think of this for a minute. You see this jockey, you're just, oh, God, jockey, and it fucking spider monkeys one of the players faces while making the undead gurgling noises there is nothing more weird or strange in that i have seen this year and they also have that pederast kind of laugh you know that that really demented you know sexual <laughs> laugh yeah that one yeah yeah they're just like you can tell he's masturbating furiously until you turn the corner that jumps on your face yeah, yeah. jockeys good times all right. <laughs> and for those people wondering, too, I didn't say where mine is from. Mine, of course, is from Ion as well. When you are doing the quest and you have to go fight the possessed corn. We talked about <laughs> this in a prior podcast. It's fucking retarded. Between that and having to fight little mushrooms, they're all manner of fucked up in that game, man. Alec. <laughs> man, yeah, phallic-looking mushrooms, man. Like the, medium, yeah, the medium to large-sized mushrooms that look like, you know... A, a cock and balls. Let's just be honest. Here. Yeah, was, you don't want to so be falling over on those things. Uh, All right, let's move on to some lore stuff. Now, we got best script, and I am going to have to give this to Dragon Age Origins. Without a doubt, the best script for a variety of reasons. Now, you've got a game that, yes, it does fall on certain conventions that we've seen in games over the years quite a bit, um, as well as movies and, and whatnot as well. It follows certain cliches that you see of that that period piece of, uh, of uh, that type of story. However, it does so in a very engaging way. It introduces new things that you wouldn't have seen. It introduces um, racism in terms of how the elves are treated. It introduced the uh, the case system in, with the dwarves and how you have people that are completely uh, treated like dirt merely because of their case there's a lot of things that it tackles which are a little bit more on the line a little bit harder for that you won't see in games um that don't want to take chances but then on top of that on top of the fact that it's it's beautifully written when you're actually following what is being said now let's, let's not just talk about the actual story and what 
that all entails because yes that is fantastic but just all of the individual little lines that are 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 read off by the voice actors are brilliantly written and in such a way that you can see the distinct voices from all the characters as well but the beauty of it as well is that the script is so unbelievably all-encompassing because of all of the choices that you have so instead of just writing one very linear script where you have this leads to this to this you have many different options to lead you down a variety of different paths so of course i had to give that the best script of the year i find that there, there's nothing even came close i do have a runner-up however my runner-up was uncharted 2 i i've not i'm point blank haven't played the game yet Everything I've seen, however, and all of the behind the scenes that I've watched on this game, and from what I've seen, it's 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 the first game to have a director. The freaking game has a director. They treated it more like a theater piece than they did a game. They had everybody with their motion motion captures. They acted at the scenes. They had all of their their practice beforehand to get a, a, an idea of where the character is, their history, their their motivation for each scene, and everything else. And it wasn't about the, the the creative director said she wrote the, uh, the 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 script for the game as it was being acted out with the players or the actors merely because they contributed so much to it as well because they knew the characters that they were playing so you have a very very rich um, script there a very rich story that is going to be like again having played the first uncharted the story really is what drives that game it's unbelievably cool the the, the the leaps that it takes in terms of again chances in terms of, of story and and blending that seamlessly with the the gameplay as well as uh cinematics and did i have another um i actually did put brutal, brutal legend as well because the the script from it's not as engaging in terms of the entire story but it was very well written so that deserves definitely a spot on there joe what's your choice Best script of the year. Now, this may be a shocker, but I'm not giving it to Dragon Age Origins. I'm giving it to Batman Arkham Asylum. And the reason I'm giving it to Batman Arkham Asylum is because it was a well-written story. Regardless of length, that story was perfect. It was the perfect Batman story. It was written, the, the script, the interactions between the characters was written by somebody who's written the comic books, who wrote the animated series, who was a writer on Batman Beyond. And you can see it carry over. The game was perfectly written. All the quips, all the, the jarring between them, the interaction between all the villains and each other, perfect. I have to give it to that. That said, Dragon Age Origins gives a runners-up just because there are so many options to it. You'll never get to see the full script unless you really want to spend no other time but playing that game, which is fine. But that's what I feel. I feel Batman took the prize as far as I'm concerned when it comes to the perfect script. Cool. Rick? Uh, first one I would have to agree goes to Batman Arkham Asylum, and I do not have any runners up. When I was playing through Batman Arkham Asylum, it felt like I just had a major, major throwback to, you know, the the cartoon that I, I watched that freaking cartoon religiously. I mean, I'm not a big comic book guy, but Batman, Batman is pretty much one of the only, Batman and Deadpool are my only comic book characters, and I have yet to see a halfway decent Deadpool game. So Batman Arkham Asylum all the way. Cool. Okay. Best new characters, whether it's a pro or antagonist. Joe. Uh, antagonist is a two-way tie, and I have to give it between Sarah Logan 
and Dr. Destroyer. This is Dragon Age Origins and Champions Online because Loghain really is a fantastic antagonist. Um, he is deep and it is a riot just to see everything that you have to go against because of him and the prejudice that he has helped you know, perpetrate. And then Dr. Destroyer is like a perfect comic book villain in regards to the fact where he's just a crazy son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> the shit that he had, you know, take over Canada, go, go my minions. I mean, who the fuck wants to take over Canada to begin with? I think that's great. <laughs> Sorry, now, sugar pie. As far, as far as protagonist goes, this is very interesting. I don't have one. And the reason I don't have one is because of the shift in the whole video game field. Really, they're moving away from new characters and putting the player into the game. So the player is the, the protagonist. So essentially, we're all the greatest protagonists of the year. All right. Rick, what about you? I don't really have an antagonist. And as far as a protagonist... Um I guess I could technically say he's a protagonist because he's a playable character. I would go with Ellis from Left 4 Dead 2. I I have never had so much fun with you know with with a character in any game as I have just listening to the shit that comes out of freaking Ellis's mouth. Claptrap was a runner up for protagonist, but he really wasn't a protagonist. He is he wasn't an antagonist. He was kind of like a sidekick kind of thing. But uh, supporting but character. Yeah, it was a supporting character, but the shit that came out of Ellis's mouth while you were playing, it was just, like, literally, like you were saying earlier about humor, when it's a very stressful situation, comes out of nowhere and it hits hard, like, I would just have to double take and think to myself, what the hell did he just say about sucking the heads, what? You know, and then you get attacked by zombies, but it was it was a very, <laughs> very, very well, well-conceptualized character. I like his character a lot. All right. See, this is, maybe I should have been a little bit more clear in the category as well, although, see, I... It's obvious I've been playing a fuck ton of Dragon Age Origins lately, and I'm seeing various characters, even though they're supporting supporting characters, as somebody that you can also play in the game kind of thing. I spend a lot of time when I'm in my current group, I'm actually playing the your the team members as much as I am playing my own guy if not more so when I'm looking at new characters as well that are from new IPs and whatnot one of my favorites right now has been Shale and I know that he's a support character but because I'm spending so much time playing as him because he's my tank I've been feeling more like he's my hero kind of thing even though my blood mage is just the support from the background kind of thing um, I've also been I've, I also agree with Ellis he was as well a, a runner-up that I've been having a blast whenever I'm playing I've played through using all the others and I'm always now using Ellis just because it's a fun just hearing all the shit that he has to say has been a lot of fun the the, the keith stories this segues into the next part but we'll go, go right ahead <laughs> all right so then favorite line your favorite line if you can remember one from a game over the past year so go ahead rick i cannot remember them per se because there are so many of them but ellis in left for dead 2 and his quote-unquote his keith stories as you're playing this game 
if there's an idle moment out of nowhere in the most inappropriate time, Ellis would just start going on. Man, me and my buddy Keith this one time, and he would just go on like that. And he's like, me and my buddy Keith this one time, we were going to go wrestle alligators. Not because we were going to wrestle the alligators. We wanted to get two of them by the tail and have them fight each other. So anyway, he got alligator bites over 90% of his whole body. And then like there's another story where he goes, so we tried making our own fireworks, and my buddy Keith got third-degree burns over 90% of his old body. Body, and they called in doctors to look at his burns to find out he didn't get burns on top of old burns because he had from a previous story early in the episode where Keith apparently tried to like, I don't know, he said, well, gasoline burns, you know, trying to make his own fireworks. I forgot what it was exactly, but it was fucking hilarious when I'm, I'm listening to this and it gets interrupted right when you get to the plot of the story. I guess like the meat of the story is just kind of drags on. Something happens, you know, another character interrupts or a zombie will come out of nowhere and interrupt them. It just it's fucking priceless. <laughs> Very cool. You got any runner-up? Uh, no, I got no runner-up whatsoever. <laughs> they, I mean, I, there are other games, but nothing from, from 2009 at all. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit behind the times. I haven't played a lot of new titles this year, especially nothing that's that memorable. All right. For me, the, the favorite line was very simple for me. But before that, my runner-up was Uncharted 2 with, I hope you have a plan to go along with that grenade which is from Drake. I thought that was fantastic. Completely ad-libbed. Love that line. Favorite line, however, is more about a beat. It's more, nts, 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 nts. ooh, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Claptrap lines from Borderlands, in my opinion, win all. As much as I loved Ellis, I could not wait to get to a Claptrap just so that I could hear whatever they had to say i was sending that shit off in emails to people that i know playing the game just typing out and they would reply back saying look at me i'm dancing i'm dancing it was fantastic the claptrap wins all when i saw the claptrap in the island the zombie island of dr ned and he's saying right there where you're standing i peed there <laughs> and all the shit that he comes out with even I absolutely loved it. For me, Claptrap won hands down. Joe, what about you? I give Claptrap my runners up because as much as I, I am not really playing the game anymore, Claptrap is one of my favorite moments. Absolutely. However, the best line, the favorite line that I have from this year also comes from Batman Arkham Asylum. And it's where Oracle finds out that Batman has hidden the Batcave on Arkham Asylum. And she goes, a bat cave on Arkham Island? How have you kept it a secret all these years? And Batman just turned very tongue-in-cheek, goes, I'm Batman, remember? And I lost it. I, I was dying because it's just something all the fanboys would say. And to hear it come from, you know, the voice of Batman was the line of the year for me. Great. Okay, let's move on to some game design stuff. So we're going to touch on best game play right now. Obviously all-encompassing, so it's kind of hard to narrow it down to, well, best in RPG was this, best in FP, first-person shooter was this, best, blah, blah, blah. Just what felt the best to you in terms of how well it handled. So for myself, I'm actually going to go back once again to Prototype. I, I'm not going to harp too much on bro Prototype and talk about how much I love the game because it's not like a, it's a game that I would put even in the top five necessarily it was a good game and i did love it but it's not that it was that 
phenomenal. However, excuse me, what it did, I found it did very well. And the gameplay was one of those. I found the gameplay in Prototype to be fantastic. The movement, the the various abilities that you use, the, the again how the gameplay sucked you in to keep playing, how they played, how they related the story in the game to you, and how you really felt akin to your character. I loved the gameplay in Prototype. I, I really truly did. Now runner up has to be Dragon Age Origins for me. I, people may have thought that I would have put it first, but I still found some limitations that I wasn't as crazy with the, the Dragon Age Origins. I, I, for the most part, loved it, but it's not something that I would, you know, place ahead of, say, in this case, Prototype. I did love the gameplay in uh, Dragon Age Origins. I loved how they, um, I loved how they set it up between the cinematic um, bits where in you're interacting with the characters and making your choices as well as the the fighting it was very cool there's a lot of control in terms of controlling your team and the pause element where you can set everybody up a lot of different ways to do it as well so it was something that i thought was very well done and and i ha actually I have, I have like three runner-ups it was hard borderlands gameplay was phenomenal say what you will about sucky endings the play, the gameplay of Borderlands was fantastic. Really well done. And my last runner-up was actually Braid. Braid introduced a lot of shit in a platformer that we had not seen before that made it really, really interesting. It actually took chances that, again, we had not yet seen in in platformers and it wasn't just about smashing mushrooms not to say anything negative about mario but it really introduced an intelligent approach to platformers and the gameplay in that 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 game is absolutely phenomenal joe what about yourself i'll start with my runners up braid is on my list for the exact same reasons it's on yours it was an innovative side scroller um, platformer that made us actually think about what we were doing instead of just, you know, how fast can I bounce off that, that, you know, Goomba's head and get over the flag. Um, second runner up is actually Left for Dead 2. Um, the gameplay, the whole experience of it was very fluid. It was, there was a very low learning curve. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. However, the best gameplay of the year, I'm giving it to Ghostbusters. <laughs> and you may, you, you can laugh all you want. The interaction between the controller and the actual game was phenomenal. It was well thought out. It wasn't buggy. It was fluid. The game itself, phenomenal. It was like playing in the third movie. I have to give best gameplay of the year for all around overall, Ghostbusters. All right. Well, I'm going to go with DP King here, who's saying that was completely unexpected. <laughs> oh, wait a bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rick, what about you? <laughs> Top of that, you bastard. Um, my second runner-up would have to be Borderlands. It, the, the gameplay in Borderlands felt very, very fluid, very comfortable. I had a lot of fun playing Borderlands. I still do have fun playing Borderlands. Um I just, I wish that the guns would, at least the shotguns, I wish that the different types of guns you would use would behave a little better. Um, but I digress. Uh, first runner-up is going to be Left 4 Dead 2 just because I played the first one to death until the freaking, the, the hard drive was melting. I played that damn game. And when they brought in Left 4 Dead 2, I thought, you know, it was I was floored by 
they they couldn't take something that was such a tight, good game when it came to the the, the firefighting, the gameplay in the game, and um, they made it better. And I thought the melee was kind of be kind of like clunky and kind of shitty and whatnot, and have real problems with detection, but it was very good. It was a lot of fun, and um, my first place hands down is going to Torchlight because Torchlight does everything perfectly. the The gameplay in there is amazing. The loot is it, it's it's the perfect experience for anybody who is a recovering like Diablo addict like myself and um trying to bridge the gap between now and Diablo 3 and Torchlight just does it perfect it, there's not a single complaint that I have as far as the gameplay goes for for Torchlight they had everything that you needed the only thing that I guess is missing is just more content but obviously we've we've discussed this you know hours and hours in the past already Cool. Actually, yeah, that's I. I didn't peg that as a uh, a best gameplay, but yeah, definitely that would have been higher up on my list too. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to best art style, not graphics. Art style. Joe, what do you got? Art style. I have a three-way tie for style <laughs> of the year. Um, this is between Champions Online, Borderlands and Torchlight. Now, the reason for this is because it is the return of cell-shaded goodness, and that is always a fantastic art style, especially with video games. It allows you to be very expressive and have an amazing, amazing environment with which to play with, and all three of these games followed the same thing. It's easy to program. It's easy to, to, to put into a game, but it can be done so well in Borderlands, Champions Online, and Torchlight all did that incredibly well. Okay, cool. So, Rick, what about yourself? Borderlands all the way. I mean, I, I haven't really played Champions Online at all to at this point, but I, I would definitely just go with Borderlands. Borderlands, I've always been a big fan of cell shading. I think it's a great way to do certain games and whatnot, and they pulled it off miraculously so in that game. They did a very, very good job of Borderlands, and I'm very happy that they decided to go with that art style because they almost didn't. And I'm pretty sure that if they did go with the original plan, it would have not been nearly as successful. Oh, definitely not. And the thing, too, with the way that they handled it is that it wasn't just plain old cell shading. They... It's it's just so well done. It's an edgy style of of cell shading. Yeah, it felt, that, it felt very like pulp. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it fit into that game perfectly. We discussed that on the, the podcast, and yeah, there they definitely could not have picked a better style of art to go into that game. And for that reason, yeah, it's actually my top pick as well. Definitely Borderlands. My runner up is actually Uncharted Two because of the the seamless gameplay that they have wherein you are going from your gameplay through to your cinematics is absolutely seamless and perfect and their use of lighting and again the way that they did the game with the motion capture and everything and then the the dynamic lighting in that game the game definitely deserves at the very minimum a runner up if not a tie in my opinion with borderlands so moving on from there then best graphics very different not so much the 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 art style but what about the best graphics rick what about you um you know i would have to say ion as far as best graphics i was very impressed with the fact they could make a game especially an mmo look that pretty I mean, I guess that's that's a major testament to uh, to NCSoft. They can make games that look really, really, really pretty. Now, as much as the the issues that I had with Ion and just the general falling out with it, I can still say, looking at it, it's a very gorgeous game. 
I mean, it's a beautiful looking game, especially if you have the kind of system that really takes advantage of it. It's a beautifully wonderful graphic game. I mean, you're kind of getting the kind of you, you get the kind of graphics that you would get on, you know, an HD console game. And my PC is nowhere nearly as advanced as, like, say, Joe's or, or whatnot. But I'm still pushing great, great, great graphics with, with that game in particular when I played it. So I would give it to Ion. Cool. Any runner-up? I uh, don't have a runner-up, actually. I mean, everything else out there was, was impressive, but it wasn't anything that I would give it, like, that really, really struck me as, you know, holy crap, this is something I've never seen before. Like, I've never seen the CryEngine before. You know, like legitimately actually work unless I'm running in freaking deep blue as far as my computer goes. But uh, <laughs> that's why I was I was really impressed with Ion. I go, wow, you're taking these amazing graphics that I only see in like freaking trailers that are talking about this new tech or new engine that's working out. And you made it and it looks fucking phenomenal. But yeah, so Ion's pretty much it. I got no runner up. I've got Uncharted 2 as the top one in this case here. From, again, everything that I've seen and playing through the multiplayer, I found that it had, in my opinion, the best graphics for a game. Again, in how they they seamlessly integrated the, the cinematics and the gameplay, the, the, the use of lighting in that game is phenomenal. That's something that they talked about in the behind the scenes a lot, which I'm really glad I watched. It's very cool how if you're watching the um, certain scenes where they really want to play on what is happening in the scene, like... Like when the, um, the 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 chick jumps and is laying Nathan down on the bed. If you look at the lighting, it's done in such a manner that it really dictates the scene. It's very very cool stuff. Runner up for me, I did have Ion again. You, you you really can't help but have Ion on there, even though it was a lot about the graphics being overlaid onto a mesh in a lot of different zones it still was very very pretty and the level of depth in the game was very well done so that was a runner-up as well as dragon age origins as well deserves a nod here as a runner-up it is a very good looking game if you crank up the graphics every single setting on it it looks very very good and when you're looking at the cinematics, which then again blends nicely in with your when you're playing, it's not a seamless integration, but it's very nice. And you can see all of the similarities and whatnot. I thought it was very well done and deserved at least a nod as a runner up. Joe, what about you? As far as my runners up go, I do have to give it to Dragon Age Origins. Um, it was very, like you said, it was very seamlessly done. And it was just it, all around. It was a great game. However, the one of the year has to go. It has absolutely got to go to Uncharted 2. Um, I really can't. I've, I've seen it played. I haven't gotten my hands to play it myself. Um, but as far as getting to watch other people play it, it's one of those games where we talked about you can sit and just watch it be played. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there with like Silent Hill in that regard. But the graphics, it's like watching a movie. It really, really is. It is seamless. I absolutely love it. And it has to have the best graphics of the year as far as I'm concerned. Cool. Okay, let's move on to the voice acting. So best voice acting I found, again, I'm going to give it to Dragon Age Origin in this case. Just because all of the characters were very well defined. Everybody doesn't sound the same. Also, it's not, it didn't feel, even though they're dealing with certain 
topics at times that should sound cheesy, they did it in such a way, with the exception of Zev at times, that it's really well done. You feel the moment. You can feel how good it is when you're you're doing the lands meet with Loghain and it's you're supposed to feel the urgency in everybody's voices. You do. It's every single character you encounter along the way that has speaking parts, Bioware outdid themselves with casting in terms of finding people that didn't just read the lines on the paper. And there's so many of them. That's the thing too. When you're looking at how many choices there are, when you are going and talking to people, I know that I'm not going to get somebody who was paid 10 bucks to read a line. They're phenomenal. Each each quip, each everything is very well done. If you're looking again at your, your characters like Shale, who the voice acting for Shale was phenomenal. The voice acting for Morrigan, phenomenal. As annoying as Alistar is, he was supposed to be annoying and the voice actor really pulled that off. I loved all the voice actors in Dragon Age Origins. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Runner-up, Uncharted 2, without a doubt. Again, watch the behind the scenes. Listen to all the voice actors that they have there. And the casting could not have been better. This should actually be a tie between Dragon Age Origins and Uncharted 2, but I, I want to give the nod to Dragon Age Origins. But Uncharted 2, the voice acting is phenomenal. And the guy who does Nathan Drake is, you couldn't ask for a better guy to do Drake. Um, I also put Batman Arkham Asylum as a runner-up. I mean, really, Mark Hamill sells the game, in my opinion, does such a phenomenal job. And Left 4 Dead 2 as well, just because of how good that team plays together as well, compared to the first one as well. So those were my choices. Joe, what do you got? My second runner-up is going to go to Dragon Age Origins for the same reason that you you picked it out. A phenomenal voice acting. Every character sounds different. Everything is different. It's great. I absolutely adore the game for that. My first runner-up is Left 4 Dead 2. The reason for that, these actors have put so much into these lines and they've recorded so many and it was so distinct that you can't hear Ellis's voice and not immediately think of, oh shit, there must be zombies coming from somewhere. They did a phenomenal job with the way that they picked it out. Now, it was limited, which is what made it not my number one choice. My number one choice, as far as best voice acting for the year, goes to Batman Arkham Asylum. And not just for Mark Hamill. Yes, I'm a fanboy when it comes to him playing the Joker, but for Kevin Conroy, all the original voice actors from the animated series are in this game, except for the original voice of the Riddler and Commissioner Gordon. Everybody else is brought in from the original cast, and you could not ask for a better cast to voice a video game. Why? They are old hands at it. They've done it for countless episodes. They've worked together before. They know the, inf- the, the how to play off of each other really, 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 really well. And if you just play the game and listen, the way that they interact with each other, you can tell that for the most part, they were in the same damn room together playing off of each other, listening to each other, and going from there. It was way too well done to be just cut and edited in together. Batman Arkham Sound gets best voice acting of the year in my book. Cool. Okay. And what about you, Rick? Um, first place goes to Batman Arkham Asylum for the exact same reason. I, I hate to sound like I'm just mirroring what Joe says, but I, I really, really did watch this freaking cartoon religiously. This is like the only damn cartoon I would watch. I'd you know come from school and I'd watch 
you know the original Batman cartoon and you know when I got to play a little bit of, of Arkham Asylum you know I haven't played a full playthrough but I've played here and there different areas different levels and whatnot uh, at a family member's house and it's just I'm sitting there giddy as hell just jumping up and down saying this is awesome this is perfect this is excellent execution and they just did an amazing job second place and um it was even my first, but I guess I can't really count it. it was uh, Left 4 Dead 2, not just because of the survivors. And I'd be, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find voice actors that can really sell the character and like the character role that they're doing, like the ones from Left 4 Dead 2. I was very, very impressed with that. But also the, um, the, I, I guess I want to see the voice acting for the special infected because you will never, ever mistake. <laughs> the jockey laugh ever again you will never mistake that freaking howl that you know the the charger gives out or or the sound that the spitter makes and the spitter hands down has got to be the scariest goddamn thing i've ever heard in my entire life just period also the ugliest thing in any video game i've ever seen all right last category before we take a little break so this one here i i'd be willing to put down money that we're probably you all know. going to agree on this <laughs> Best soundtrack of the year, Joe. I have a winner and I have a runner-up. My runner-up is Dragon Age Origins, and I know this may shock some people, but that's because you know it does get you amped up. It's really well done, but it pales in comparison to the perfect soundtrack. And the perfect soundtrack was DJ Hero, and you can laugh all you want, but I have that shit downloaded on my iPhone and I listen to it daily. I love that soundtrack. That was awesome. Oh, oh, okay. We don't agree, obviously. Rick, what's yours? Torchlight. Bingo. Period. No, just just Torchlight because, like I said, I am a recovering Diablo slash Diablo 2 addict, and it's going to be a long-ass time before Diablo 3, and as soon as I boot up Torchlight, I'm like, oh, it's back. It's like methadone being plugged into my freaking veins. It's like, oh, this is awesome. I can listen to this and not even play the damn game. I'll just have it sitting in the background as I'm doing stuff just because it's really, really good. Without oh, a doubt, I think Sammy's doubt. a little upset. Now, without a doubt, Torchlight wins for me as the best soundtrack of the year. I mean, Dragon Age Origins is a runner-up for me. Um, it was the it was a very good soundtrack. It actually comes with when you you uh, do the the um, um, the collector's order through uh, Steam, you get it, you download it, and all of the songs are actually really, really good. I enjoyed them a lot. They're, they're, and in terms of how they are in the game, they are fantastic. The soundtrack to Dragon Age Origins is very good. The soundtrack to Borderlands is phenomenal. When you, regardless of again what you think of the ending of the game or whatnot. When you're playing that game, when you start it up the first time and it starts up with that song and the skag gets hit by the bus, it's, it is perfect. The music throughout Borderlands is fantastic. I think that they couldn't have done a better job for their music. That being said, it still, in my opinion, does not compare to Torchlight. When you're playing through Torchlight and that music just makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Like a happy kid that, that, you know, you've never played Diablo 2 and it's like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Torchlight definitely is my pick as the top one. I I did want to say one thing though because Sammy is like starting a ride in in the chat. <laughs> um, my my runner up my my main runner up is Brutal Legend, but the thing with Brutal Legend I didn't want to qualify it because honestly, 
I'm not a big fan of the gameplay of Brutal Legend at all, personally. That's just my my opinion. If the only reason I even wanted to buy the game was for the fucking soundtrack. I love the soundtrack, but for that I just go into a you know archive of all the metal that I have on my computer at that point, you know? So it's like the fact they just consolidated the best of the best and the most amazing shit is awesome. And that's my only motivator to get Brutal Legend would just be if I could score the soundtrack, just the soundtrack, however many discs they'll send it to me on, just the soundtrack alone is all I want. And um, the next one up actually would have been uh, Left for Dead, too, because they have a lot of really good music. They have a, a band, Clutch. There's one song, Electric Worry, that I have not heard in many years, and it's just an amazing song, and I love that band a lot. So I, I, I really dig that one as well. All right, we're going to take five. And so if you need to fill your beverage, now is the time. And then when we come back, we're going to continue with there from there with the best in the different genres from puzzle strategy, action adventure, FPS, RPGs, MMOs, portable games, and new IP, and then get to our the final categories as well. So take your five, come back, and we'll go from there. Beer. Hey, 
Okay, we're back with For the Lore with our Of the Year edition based on what we've played, what we've read about, what we've seen. Again, some of these are not necessarily anything that we may have even checked out in terms of played, but in terms of what we've seen and in terms of what we expect from it. Um, completely subjective, as I've been saying over and over again, you don't have to agree with us. Don't send me hate mail saying I'm an idiot. I already know that and I don't need you telling me. I got a wife... I really, I don't need you reinforcing what she feels. <laughs> Going on from there, though, let's start hitting some of the more hard-hitting ones. So we're going to go with best puzzle strategy of the year. We're going to start off with Rick. What is your choice? I, honest to God, have none. I have not played a puzzle or strategy game, in my opinion, that has been worth even mentioning. And I say oh. that because I have not played... Uh, plants vs. Zombies yet. I haven't played it. That That's the only one anybody's even talking about, and I haven't fucking played it. I mean, every other strategy game that I've played is um, well, you know, okay, you really want to call it uh, it's uh, for the PS3, but also for the iPhone. It's not originated from Kevin Barrett Games. It's called uh, Critter Crunch. You know, I played that. That game is addictive as hell. It's a puzzle game. It's fucking fun. It's the most bizarre mindfuck kind of game it's just really wild kind of out there game as far as concept and it's a lot of fun but i played it on my iphone and i played it for you know a week and then i, I haven't played it since then because i haven't had the time but there really hasn't been like a strategy game at all it's been a while since anybody's even released a strategy game and we're i'm going to talk more about strategy games later in this show actually in about you know half an hour or so Okay. All right. In I, I disagree with you when you're saying that there haven't been any good ones put out. There have been a lot of them put out. The problem is, is that we're seeing a lot of crap also being put out. And so you got to whittle through that crap. Now, when you are downloading a ton of iPhone games, especially, it gets depressing when you see how much crap there there is. So you download tons of apps, try them out, and they turn out to be crap. But in amongst them, you will find really good ones. We're finding out that the iPhone is ideally suited to puzzle and strategy games it's all it's made for a damn near you're finding a lot of good titles on the iphone right now and my top pick is an iphone game it's Asken'd. Asken is a matching game but it's the first time with the exception of puzzle quest which wasn't this year so it doesn't qualify but the first time that you're seeing a really well done story being integrated into a puzzle game. Asken is a fantastic game. Don't ask me how much it costs. I can't remember. It honestly was not a lot and it's definitely worth getting. The play is fantastic. The Instead of it just being matching, you're actually dragging your finger over the the screen to match all of similar types of tiles and you also have different effects on the tile based on whether it's frozen or not and different things like that but there's a story behind and in between you're getting these little cinema not cinematics but these little scenes being played out of what is leading you along your journey or your character along the journey it's a fantastic little stra uh, puzzle game i absolutely loved it and my runner-up was actually to gyromancer which just came out recently very much influenced obviously by puzzle quest which i will not lie 
played the shit out of Puzzle Quest. Loved. When Puzzle Quest came out, I bought two copies on DS, one for myself and one for my wife, because I knew if I only got one for her, I'd never see the damn thing. So I picked one up for both of us. And we would sit beside each other and just play that all the time. I would bring it to work and play it in between tickets. Or as I'm doing installs on systems, I'd be playing fucking Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Quest was phenomenal. So what you had here, if you, you've got PopCan and Square Enix combining to work on Gyromancer, what they did is they, they kind of changed it up. It's not the same mechanic of just the slide mentality for your matching. They changed it so that it was the twisting of the, the, the tile uh, clockwise to then be able to match everything, which requires you to think a lot more. When I play Puzzle Quest, I'm just sliding shit all over the place. I don't care so much about planning five plays in advance. I'm just going and I'm using my spell. Now I finished the game and I did so very well. My wife, however, to watch her play is fucking painful, but she will match up these freaking combo moves that will leave your jaw dropping, but she plans it all ahead. Well, in Gyromancer, you really want to be doing that. You want to be planning on, okay, by turning this clockwise, how is that going to affect all of the tiles around it? And then you have all the various spells as well. They change the dynamic in how your spells are played. It's not so much that you activate it so much as how they're activated when you get a certain percentage of a certain kind of color and whatnot. Gyromancer did a very good job. The questing is also fairly good in terms of going through, same as with Puzzle Quest, where you get the little, not so much cinematics, but you get the little um, cutscenes that are have the, the, the text come up and whatnot to tell you what is going on with the story. So for this year, definitely those are, are my picks. Joe, what about you? My runner-up is going to go to uh, the Gyromancer just because it's, it's a newer game and it's a lot of fun. My top pick goes to Scribblenauts, believe it or not. Right. I have found very few games that are so addicting and give you so many avenues in which to solve the problems that they're presented to you as Scribblenauts. I mean, literally everything. I love it. I absolutely love it to death. All right. Let's move on to best action adventure. For me, this was a no-brainer. And so it's got to go to Uncharted 2. It is... Again, having spent literally hours watching through the behind the scenes now and playing through the multiplayer and seeing what I can expect from the game, um, nothing comes close to that in terms of the action adventure for the year. A runner-up put it at Batman or Arkham Asylum, but definitely Uncharted 2 really leaps and bounds ahead of what we're used to seeing in games on all fronts, from voice acting to graphics to cinematics to everything. So uh, what about you, Joe? I have to agree 100% with both your choices. I give Uncharted 2 the, the winner of this category. To me, watching Uncharted 2 is seeing what the Indiana Jones movie should have been. It is action-adventure, the highest in... Um, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. You sit there. You want to you scream at the TV when something bad happens, just like you would in a movie when you're like at home, you know, and it's, it draws you in. It's fantastic. Batman gets a runner up for that just because, well, as good as I as good as that game is and as much as I absolutely adore that game, Uncharted 2 just blew it out of the water as far as action and adventure. All right. Rick, what about yourself? 
I it's a hat trick. I mirror the two of you identically. I liked Batman Arkham Asylum a lot. I've played that. I have not played um, Uncharted 2, but every single footage and I've seen quite a lot of it from Uncharted 2 is just it's riveting. It's it's just a very riveting game. It's one of those where you sit down, you're the entire time you're on the edge of your seat on your couch, just kind of like jaw blown off your face. It, it's a very very good game to look at and the fact that it's playable throughout the whole thing it's it's very very action-packed i liked it a lot i mean everything that i've seen of it is really 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 good and i can't wait till you start playing it so that maybe uh i can get a little bit more uh introspective into it. oh i i'm basically uh, 24th i'm clearing the room out and i'm playing as soon as i open that gift i it's like <laughs> i cannot wait to get my hands on it see i've got a buddy who's been playing it since day one as well and he played through the first one and so i've been hearing a lot about how he's enjoying it and whatnot it's one of the few games as was until charted actually i say one of the few when i should be saying the only the only ip that he can play it and his girlfriend was will sit beside him and watch him play and will get pissed off if he dares play when she is not there that's how much she enjoys just the story and actually watching the game play and so yeah it's one of those things where i played through the first one entirely with my youngest son and I know that there's some questionable language, but I actually had a set of headphones on most of the time, so he didn't hear that. Um, but I played through the entire thing with my son watching, and he actually took some turns playing some of the, <laughs> the things that I had a hard time with. But it is that kind of game where it is so engaging, there's so much going on, and you really feel that you are in the story. You're, you're, you're being taken along. It's an interactive movie, damn near, kind of thing at, at, at points. And so that's the thing i cannot wait to be playing this and again i know a lot of people are saying you're giving a lot of awards to something you haven't played no i haven't and i made a point of saying that right from the beginning however it's based on not ignorance that oh i'm assuming that is what it's going to be like i've watched literally hours and hours of footage on this game i played through the first one there i played through the multiplayer there's a certain amount of expectation here which i'm sure will not be disappointed I, I won't be disappointed in moving on from there we got our best first person shooter so joe what about you hands down best first person shooter of the year goes the left for dead 2 not since doom have i had such terror strapping on my headset grabbing my mouse and waiting to wade through uh, armies and legions of undead uh, the game is perfect as far as the first person shooter is concerned. It gives you the right amount of terror, the right amount of power, the right amount of firepower. It is phenomenal. You're rewarded for headshots. You're rewarded for blowing off legs. Um, it's it's just great. I can't say enough good things about this game. It is hands down the best first person shooter of the year. All right. You got any runner-ups? I have none, sir. All right. Rick, what about yourself? Uh, best first person shooter definitely goes to Left 4 Dead 2. It's, it, it really is just, uh, a lot of people are saying that, yeah, it feels kind of like it should be an add-on or an expansion pack of some sort to, to Left 4 Dead 1, but hey, I, I humbly disagree. I think that the game itself, is standalone, is an amazing game. They give you every tool that you could possibly need, but not any one tool wins the game for you. you don't have an i win button and there's an extreme emphasis on team play on having very very good teamwork especially if you're running on the hardest difficulty in realism mode if you do not have solid teammates there who are fucking complete and utter badasses at this game uh you're done 
you're going to fail and you're going to get very, very frustrated. And I love that about that game. All right. I can attest to this. Myself, I actually am giving the best FES to Borderlands. I felt that Borderlands really took a leap in terms of what we are used to in first-person shooters. We are used to Left 4 Dead. We got the first one, we played the shit out of it, and yes, the second one is a runner-up for myself as well because of how good it is and because of the changes that it made to make it more difficult and whatnot. However, in terms of pure ingenuity of, of changing an IP and I felt making it much more interesting interesting by including the role-playing aspect of the skills and everything else i found that the it was a lot more fun to play borderlands as a group and have fun and just shoot the shit out of everything and yet still have your quest and everything else i i way enjoy the borderlands to uh left for dead series for that again it's I felt it was far more original than the Left 4 Dead series. And that's not to say anything against the Shooting Zombies series. There's just, Those are fun, for sure. However, it's been done to death. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, I found that there was so much that was original about Borderlands. And, I mean, I, I told people about the series. I told people how good it was. I was so completely disgusted with the ending of it that it really tainted my view of the quest not I shouldn't say the questing but well partially the questing in the game and whatnot however it's not the questing because the lead up to it was fantastic everything before was fantastic they could have done better that's for damn sure but as first person shooter just to jump into a game with three other guys and go looking for trouble and whatnot for me hands down borderlands and we got nothing to say about that apparently so let's move on to role-playing game rick rpg of the year for you what would it be can't say i've played any like a single player rpg rpg no i can't really say i've played any rpgs this year okay well you kind of have Torchlight, so? Torchlight still qualifies oh. as an RPG. Okay, all right. I'll give loosely translated as an RPG, but I would still consider it to be a dungeon crawler kind of game. But if I had to pick an RPG and Torchlight was considered to be one, Torchlight all the way. Otherwise, I really haven't played any RPGs. It's funny because this year has been like the year of the RPGs. So I thought that was kind of ironic that me of all people, I didn't pick one up. But all right. So, yeah, Torchlight it is. I'm just saying that for me, it was a runner-up. I actually, it is an RPG, same as Diablo 2. Yes, it's a dungeon crawler, but it's still an RPG. So, mm. I do, I did give it actually a runner-up for that. And best RPG, of course, is Dragon Age Origins. No sense waxing poetic about it. That's without a doubt for me, the best RPG. Joe, what about yourself? I would have to also give it to Dragon Age Origins. I don't have a runner-up. Um, unlike you, I really don't classify Torchlight as an RPG. An RPG to me is something that gives you choices between your actions. Um, but Dragon Age Origins definitely blew that category away. There, as far as I'm concerned, there was no other RPG this year. That was it. Yeah. Well, this yeah, not just this year. That's for damn sure. Best <laughs> MMO. Well, oof. for me, this was really 
a disappointing category <laughs> because there were a few MMOs that came out. Uh, some of them, quite a few of them, I did not even bother with simply because, again, the MMO market is way different than other games where it's easy to kind of tap into it and play for a little while and not have to worry about it. Whereas MMOs, you feel like you're really got to give it an investment of time to be able to appreciate it fully. The only MMO that I would give this to would be Champions Online. It did take me two tries to really get a feel for it. However, without a doubt, by the second try, when I was really having fun through it, it did qualify for me as best MMO of the year. Joe, what about yourself? Surprise, surprise, surprise. I'm giving mine to Champions Online as well. Just for the the gameplay itself, the story behind it, the gameplay all around, it was probably the best MMO. But more importantly, the interaction between its developers and its community puts it above anything else that we have seen this year. Yes, I know the 9,000-pound gorilla that is Blizzard is out there, but it cannot touch the level of care that these guys have put into this game. It gets my vote for MMO of the year. All right. Rick, what about yourself? MMO of the year for 2009, I would definitely have to say uh, Champions Online because, wow, I wouldn't consider it a game of the year. I mean, it was a game of the year many years ago. And it's an amazing game now. I still play the damn thing, but it's it's not. It's it's like Joe said it perfectly. He he coined it perfectly. It's not like Champions Online. Period. It's not. If Champion, I, and I imagine if Champions Online ever grows to that magnitude of of uh, wow, you know, with the whole Blizzard thing, I'm really hoping that it does for one and for two that it still remains that same kind of heart. And uh, Ion can kiss my taint for all I care. <laughs> We're we're gonna get to that later. We have categories specifically for Ion. So, <laughs> all right, you have one. I just saw you have one category, and the three of us are gonna say the same damn thing. More likely than not, but we will get to that later. Best portable game of the year. Now I don't know how many portables you guys have. I I, I play both on the well. I shouldn't say both. I play on the i the iPhone as well as the PS as well as the DS. Um, that being said, there, I, I didn't find there were quite as many portable games this year as in other years. That's not to say that there weren't as many good games, um, but I don't know. There weren't quite as many that really, really, really stood out like in other years, with the exception for me of a couple. But anyways, Joe, we'll go with you first. I am going to give this one to Fantasy Star Portable. Um, I was a huge fan of the series back in the day, um, and when they started monkeying things around and, and changing it for the Xbox, they really ruined the series. But then they got back to their grassroots and released a perfect game for the PSP. I absolutely adore this game. It is a fantastic story. It is great interaction between its characters. The gameplay is simplistic and addicting. Hands down, the most addicting portable game that I have played all year round. The runner-up will go to Scribblenauts, just because, like I said, it is really fun to watch a battle between God and Cthulhu when God has a skateboard. <laughs> wow. Rick, what about you? You've been doing any portable gaming? Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Which I, I actually was, have as a uh, runner-up, yeah. I was very skeptical because, I mean, I love 
you know, everybody's going to crucify me for this, but I, I actually loved Wind Waker, and I like that whole style of Zelda, and I liked um, Phantom Hourglass. Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. I have it. Yeah, I have it. Actually, uh, my daughter's playing through that now as she's watching me play Twilight Princess on, on the Wii that we just recently got. I'm like six years behind. But um, I'm I'm actually a very, very big fan of this whole gameplay aspect, and I was very surprised to find out the way that it plays. I don't know if I, I really want to spoil it, but... You know, I mean, you get spoiled pretty early on in the game anyway. It's it's very, very cool how they have the the dynamic between Zelda and Link in this game. Zelda's usually not ever really a playable character in in this regard, and they make her an integral part of the game in this in this title, and I really, really like it. I actually, that's one of my runner-ups, because I do like the, um, I, I liked Phantom Hourglass a lot. I like the gameplay, I like the mechanics that they introduced with the DS, with the touchscreen, with your, your, um, your boomerang and whatnot. I really enjoyed it a lot. So everything I've been reading and the videos I've been watching about Spirit Tracks, I really, I'm picking it up, I can't wait to get it. So it is going to be something that's fun to play. Something else I'm going to be picking up first, though, is going to be uh, Chinatown War. The GTA Chinatown Wars is, from what I have seen, an absolutely fantastic game and holds true to the GTA series as well. I, I'm a big fan of the GTA series. I love playing those games. And I like playing um, Liberty Cities, Cities on the, the PSP. So I can't wait to be messing around with this and seeing how good it actually is. Because everything that I've read, everything I've seen, and from my buddies who've played it as well, it is actually a fantastic game to play. So I'm looking forward to picking that up. So moving on from there, best new IP. So Rick, what about you? Hmm. Best new IP is a toss-up. I guess I have my my first place will be Borderlands because that kind of came out of fucking nowhere, and um, I've nobody's. It's it's something that's totally brand new, and they're actually expanding on it with this downloadable content, which is kind of nice. I was hoping they would expand a lot more as far as content-wise, because remember, Pandora is a pretty big planet, and I have to imagine there's other parts to this planet. There's a lot of stuff in the universe that they allude to in the story. So, but they don't ever show you, you know, like all the different corporations, you don't really get the gist of the story. They kind of drop you in halfway through. So there's a lot of room for growth there. And I'm really hoping that they do well with it. Um, I like Borderlands. I guess second up would be Torchlight, but I'm, I'm more excited for the future of Torchlight now than I am for the actual current game itself. Because when they keep talking about this Torchlight MMO they're working on, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm dying. I, I would love to have the Runa guys back on the show again when they have more on it, if we can score that and have them give us a little bit more on the, the Torchlight MMO. But that's that's getting off topic. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you pretty much touched on both of mine. Um, Borderlands, without a doubt, best new IP. Regardless of how they may have fucked up the end of the game, the actual IP itself is a fantastic IP. They did a good job fleshing out the characters. They did a good job with the uh, the world itself, with the backstory, everything else. The potential is there. And that's to me, is the big thing. It's the potential of what they can do with it in competent hands. Um, they may not have had the most competent of hands initially in terms of the the um, the storyline but i mean what you can do with that world and how they've designed it yeah for sure i give that and i do uh torchlight as well because it is a new ip they did do a great job on it in terms of what they can do with it 
one of the things that I've been curious is if if it's open enough to be able to do any kind of downloadable content to it. I don't know if they designed it in such a way that they can. Uh, I think it would be fantastic if they could take into consideration the fact that they've got the the mod that mod editor that allows you to do all manner of extra items. I would think that perhaps you can do add-ons and DLC with it. I would really love to see them do some different kinds of DLC completely off the wall stuff too. Not stuff that's just for that, that mine, you know, in the dot in those dungeons, something completely different just to have some fun with it and see, I would really like to see them explore that world more before or as it's getting closer to the MMO. And I also gave a nod to Brutal Legend as a new IP because it is something completely crazy and fun, which I don't think we get quite enough of in games. Joe, what about yourself? I will give a runners up to Borders Borderlands. It was a good idea. Could have been executed a lot better, but it was a lot of fun. I liked Brutal Legend again. Really, really good idea. A lot of fun. Uh, wish they would have done more with it. Wish they will do more with it. Best new IP of the year just on raw potential alone goes to Torchlight. And I'm sorry. They have literally the tip of the iceberg there. You have this entire world yet to, to be discovered. And it's right there waiting. So, yes, I have to give the best new IP of this year to Torchlight just for the sheer potential it has. All right. Let's move on to the couple of. Do we have enough time? Interesting category. Oh, we, we got lots. Of, we got nothing but we time. time. We're getting there, folks. We are almost done. But before we get there, biggest surprise of the year for me, hands down, Torchlight again. Torchlight was one of those games that I actually did not follow from way back in the day when they started talking about it. It was something that I found. It was something that immediately caught my interest. And then I started digging up and it's like, what the fuck? These are Blizz boys and these are guys that worked at Flagship. And then from then it built and built and built. It flew under my radar. I did not hear about it at all. And that's my my fault. I like I followed the news and yet I missed this game. So when it came up and I finally heard about it and I started reading up about it, I couldn't get enough about enough of it. And then when the game finally was about to release and I contacted the company and I talked to them and I was scheduling to do a review of the game as well to get the guys on the show. It was one of those things where I was so blown away that nothing comes close to that. I mean, you can look at the big ticket games that came out over the year. But you expect them to do amazing things. Here is this little company that could essentially, and it was for me absolutely floored me. Joe, what about yourself? Biggest surprise of the year actually goes to Ghostbusters. Um, when I first heard the game was being released, I immediately had horrible, horrible flashbacks to the days of Nintendo and Sega when Ghostbusters game was released and thought to myself, oh shit, this is going to be another epic failure of just incredibly huge proportions. But then I got my hands on the game, and I just was blown away by the the fact that the script was tight, the voice acting was tight, the gameplay was tight, 
And it was a ton of fun. And when I look back at it and I realized that it was written by the original writers of the movie, I just lost it. I absolutely lost it. It was the biggest surprise because I did not expect it to be good, let alone phenomenal. And yes, it, it, there are some really good uh, – like Torchlight was a, a good surprise. I mean honestly, we knew it was coming. But we didn't know it was going to be that good. But nothing compares to the surprise of me popping in that game of Ghostbusters, sitting down and just – you know, listening to Egon tell me about all the different gadgets that we have. It just blew me away. Cool. Rick, what about yourself? Biggest surprise? The biggest surprise, the kind of game that kind of like just knocked me on my ass actually was Torchlight. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I would like you, I did not follow it all. As a matter of fact, I, when I first saw the little trailers for it, cause I follow game trailers. I, I look up that shit, you know, on religiously every day I look it up and, um, it's just part of my, my daily routine. When I saw that it was being developed by Rooney Games, like, hmm, okay. But I think um, they have a, a perfect world is tacked on there as publisher, right? That that's just publishing the game. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I don't know exactly the company that. It, it, I know it's a perfect world entertainment. A perfect world entertainment is. Um, it's an Asian marketer, and they do a lot of uh, free MMOs online, like really cheapy, cheesy kind of stuff that I hate. And I thought, oh, great, this is going to be, I don't know, what the, what the fuck is this going to be? And then the more that I looked into it, the more I looked into it, and then the price point was the perfect selling point, and it was just, wow. I was really, really floored. It was the most refreshing experience I've had. And remember, the, the, earlier, the earlier episodes of this show, all three of us are just going fucking crazy over Torchlight about how much fun it is you know i mean we are we were just waxing poetic for a good three shows in a row about it and then we even had our first guest ever with the developers of this freaking company you know from runic games from torchlight we're, we're on here talking about it so that was just a complete sleeper hit for me and i like joe man i cannot wait to see what they do with the rest of that game well for me part of it as well is the i mean the game in and of itself Without even knowing that there is an MMO coming out, the game in and of itself is enough to really make me want to sit down and play for hours on end. Because again, it's that old D two, the, the old D two mentality, the the old memories of sitting down playing, wanting to get those Bartek's claws for my assassin and shit like that. You know, you can. There's so much, and then when you're playing through this, you realize that it is. It's not D2. It's way different than D2. It has a similar feel, of course, because it's the same guys that did it. It has the, the music that puts you back in like a minute. Um, but more so than that, it has its own feel, and they pulled it off really well. It's its own world, it's its own IP, and they did a very, very good job of it. But toss into the equation the fact that they're working on the MMO, and all of a sudden, us who are very much interested in game design, and things like that and especially if we're writers holy crap imagination goes wild well what are they going to do how how could they do this and this and that and what would i do how would i populate that world and you're suddenly building an mmo in your mind because of the inspiration that this game brought so yeah for me like unbelievable how much of a surprise this game was for me now let's flip that over to biggest disappointment of the year 
Let me repeat, folks. Biggest disappointment of the year. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably know where we are going with this. So let's just take a moment, the three of us, counting down from three, and say our choice, sing it out loud, sing it proud. Three, two, one. Ion. That is biggest goddamn disappointment of the year. Can anything even come close to that, Joe? No, no, nothing has. <laughs> it dashed me against the rocks and made me want to drink and cut myself nearly as much as Ion has. It's just that part of the problem was that it was built up so goddamn high. Now, had had this been an original IP and they'd been saying that it is going to be this and that and all that, part of you in your mind is going to be saying, I'll believe it when I see it. However, when you have them saying on top of that, this game has been going on for a year in Korea. And it's doing fantastic there. It lends a certain amount of credibility to it. So then when you start seeing all of the trailers for it and you're seeing everything about it, reading a little bit more of it and whatnot, and even the little bit of gaming at the beginning, again, at the beginning, discounting the clusterfuck of a launch that it was. That's not the game. That's a launch. The game itself at the very beginning, you're like, okay, this has a lot of potential. I like this aspect. I like this aspect. There's a lot of little different things that I enjoy these things. But then as you're playing it more and more and more and more, it's like, what the hell were they thinking? (laughs) Like, really? Go ahead, somebody bitch some more because if not, I'll just well, do know, it all on everybody. No, reason. no, no. Let's <laughs> let's let's not bitch because between the the shit that I have said about this game and I've listened to that podcast, you know which one I'm talking about. Oh, where yeah. I go on for forty five <laughs> minutes at the end of the show, just going on and on and on, and you can see like black clouds forming around my skin, turning red, and smoke coming out of my fucking nostrils as I'm talking about this game. We've said enough. The only people that I'm not even going to dissuade the fanboys if they want to say Ion is an amazing game. Hey, more power to you, buddy. Good for you, you fucking automaton. All right. I don't like it. I was really disenfranchised because, like you said, they sold this game. They played it up, man. I dropped. Wow. I jumped on the bandwagon. I was platforming. I go, yeah, Ion's going to be the shit. Look, I'm playing the beta. What fun. I'm making videos. I'm having a great time. Hey, what fun. You get to little 30 in the beta. Oh, this is awesome. And then you play live and you think, wow, you guys totally botched the living shit out of your launch. Haven't you been running this for a year, you said? Okay. Maybe it's so popular because it's such a good game. It's so popular. It's such a good game. That's why it's it's crashing. No, not crashing because NCSoft is a shitty ass company. And and I, you know what? I'm just gonna stop right there. I'm not gonna keep going. <laughs> Joe, honestly, is there anything that came close? Is there anything that came close? No, there's nothing that even remotely came close. Yeah. No, I I've played some pretty bad games this year, different things. But it was an ex- you expected it. This was something that was pumped up so much and then just absolutely 
terrible once you sunk your teeth in. And by then, you're in. You made the investment. You made the time investment, the commitment. You're. It's like, do I cut my losses and run? Or do I just suffer through this shit? And all of us decided to cut our losses, which is too bad. Because I think that the potential was there. I think that the potential is still there. It's just, it would require such drastic changes. And I highly doubt they'll do that. And I highly doubt we'll see it in Blade and Soul either. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go on to game of the year. Rick, you have the honor of being first up. What is your Ooh. game of the year? Wow. Um, you should have known this before we started no, no, recording. No, I, I do, this I should like, at least this. I, I, like, I can understand I like, best cleavage. Maybe best cleavage you didn't plan ahead. It was like, oh, I don't know. I can't plan that. You're going to shit on me because I personally don't like it. But game of the year goes to Dragon Age. What do you mean you I'm don't not, like it? I'm I'm not really. I'm, I like I like it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. Well, as, you just said oh, you don't. Oh my god! It's what? it's it's the second coming. It's the be all end all of gaming. Like like people are praising it to be like it's a great game, but it really feels like to me the perfect quote is once you've played one Bioware RPG, you kind of played them all. That's how it feels to me. The execution is immaculate and they've really done a wonderful job in bringing it back. They've pretty much revitalized the entire RPG genre with this one game, but it's just not something that's really, really kidney pet. I thought it would. Then have a pair and say what you pick. What is your game of the year then? Uh, Wow. It's the only. It's the only thing that I can honestly say. In that's not pure, of the year. That's, that's the, the, that, that didn't that's, come that's out this year. Thing. That's the thing. You have played other games this year? this year. I have played other games this year, and I'm not playing them right now. But played you've played other, some that have come out this year. Well, the thing, dude, like I'm telling you, I've played a lot of games this year. They're amazing games. What is the best thing that was released this year? Be it I'm playing it or not, is Dragon Age Origins. As far as what is the game? Yeah, but you're I'm saying you don't like it. Yeah. How can Who you say you don't like, like a game, not? but give it best of the year? That makes absolute for you even that, that makes make no sense. sense. How does that not make any sense? It's because you don't. It's game. a subjective thing. If you don't like it, then how again, is game of the year. How right? is it game okay, of the year for you if you don't this, like it? Okay, so you're asking what is personally my game? Yes. Of the year? Well, for yes. Christ's sakes, I had to write. Let me edit the wave. Right now, I am editing the wave. Hold on. Hold on. This is going to take a second, folks. I'll edit this out once the, the show actually airs. But this has to be done. No, you can't do it live. No, I'm man, doing it. Yeah, I'm it, doing it. I'm personally, do- Left 4 Dead 2. It's not going to get Was the that so hard? It's not going to win Left. It's not going to win fucking Game of the Year. Everybody's waxing poetic. And yeah, you know what? As far as a gamer, it's not as good and not as thorough a game as as a Dragon Age Origins. It's not as... It doesn't have the longevity and it doesn't have the staying power and I know people aren't going to be fucking playing it two years from now at all. They're yeah, but that does ha- it has nothing to do with nothing. The game of the year of 2003 might not be something that you played in 2005 and six. That meant jazz shit. It just meant in 2003, it had such an impact on your life that it was the game that moved you the most to say, that's the game that I feel was the best of the year. So if you're looking at 2009 and thinking, well, Dragon Age Origins, 
I didn't personally like it, but I can see how everybody else would like it. My response to that is, grow a fucking pair. What is the game that to you meant Let the most? Let me read most? to you per, per, verbatim here in the fucking wave. Game of the year, open parentheses, Rick, comma, Roger, comma, Joe. Not what game moved you. What game Rick, is Rick, yeah, but game, game of the year that you think. That's the, That was the whole point of every single category. To you, what do you think to you was... The best. So, oh, you're such an idiot. Okay, so obviously you can't say what your pick was because to you it would have been Left for Dead, but you don't have the balls to say it. So we'll move on because next on that is me. So I'm going to say, yes, my pick for game of the year because I actually enjoyed it, because I could actually appreciate everything that goes into it, because it actually was something that I enjoyed not just because everybody told me I should, was without a doubt Dragon Age Origins. Without yeah, you a haven't been talking about it doubt. That's the thing. There's a reason why, lad. There's a reason why. When something deserves to be talked about that long, it's because they did something right. The people that are saying that it's just another Bioware game, honestly have either a preconception against Bioware games, that they feel that that's what it is, or B, already had it out against the game based on what they had read. I'm not saying anything's wrong with either of those choices. The fact remains, if you are open to good gaming, if you are open to this style of gaming as well, that's a big one, then you cannot help but appreciate everything about this game. From the questing to the branching out questing so that you can be there's the six origins however from those origins are also a multitude of choices that you can make which will then influence where the story is going to go from there i'm in my second playthrough right now playing an evil character versus the noble character i played the first time and it's a completely different playthrough i'm honestly looking forward to the third playthrough. Now, when you're looking at a game that takes perhaps 10 hours to play, and there's different ways that you can play, and you're thinking about, okay, well, I'm looking forward to the second, the third playthrough. Those are, that's that's understandable. You can say, okay, well, that's not, that's not a huge commitment there to be giving 10 hours of your time for a second playthrough. However, when you are looking at something like Dragon Age Origins, where you are investing fucking hours and hours and hours of your time, hundreds of hours of your time, and you're looking forward to remaining in that world, in that IP, in order to play through the other characters, not just the origins, but each origins, their evil counterpart or their good counterpart, the replayability in the game is incredible. The script is phenomenal. The questing is phenomenal. The gameplay is fantastic, original, and yet still brings back memories of what RPGs used to be, however refined. And then tack on that, the incredible voice acting for everything which is a hint of what we can expect in star trek or sorry star wars the old republic nothing comes close in my opinion this year to dragon age origins i'm trying to look at the past 10 years 
where I would put it in regards to other games. And the mere fact that I'm trying to decide whether or not this is RPG of the decade, I haven't decided yet, but the mere fact that I'm considering that, in my opinion, speaks volumes of the game. Joe, what about yourself? Oh, I I can go now. It's my turn. Was that too long? Did I speak too long? Basically, I took the time that had Rick had a pair and actually talked about something that meant something to him instead of just talking about what he thought everybody else cared about. Oh, no, 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 so no, no, I, no. I used up his time. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. about the lover's quarrel you two had beforehand. Oh, anyway, okay. <laughs> game of the year, yes, I am going to give it to Dragon Age Origins, but I'm not going to give it to it because it was, you know, the best RPG or so it's such a time sink. I'm going to give it to it because it breaks the Bioware formula. And the reason that I say that it breaks the bio, the, the Bioware formula is most Bioware RPGs, they give you a very linear story mode where you don't have a lot of wiggle room. It's you go to uh, this point and then it opens up these two points and you go to that point and it opens up these two points and it goes on until you get to the very end of it. You, you can do this game in any manner. Yes, it has a definite beginning and it has a definite end point, but everything in between is entirely up to you. All these... Uh, side quests, everything else that you get to do in the game, really, really, really flesh it out as a complete and total different experience for everybody who plays it. I mean, to give you an idea, uh, I'm sitting there last night, I was talking with my friends Doug, and he asks me if I got the legendary item Ageless. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know anything about this stuff. Through his quests, through his travels, he got all the little pieces that told him how to get an ep- this legendary two-handed weapon in the game, one that I never got any information on on the quest that I did. So I had no clue it ever existed. And this is because, yes, I'm not using the strategy guide. I'm not looking at the site. Tell me okay. more. But, Tell me more about that, that later. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But, but but to me, I mean, that shows you the, the, the depth of this game where two people playing identical characters. I'm playing a dwarf noble warrior. He's playing a dwarf noble warrior. And we're going through the game. And when we get to the final, to the same point, he gets a completely different set of things that happen than I do. So at that point, how can you not give it game of the year? The game is has infinite replayability. Yes, it has six different origins, but it has infinite amounts of side quests and paths that you can take to get from point A to point B. Yes, there are major points that you have to get to. There are things that you have to do to get from, you know, the different treaties and whatnot, but it's just the the details in between are really what makes it. Before, with all the other Bioware games, I mean, it was major plot point, go there, do this. Major plot point, go there, do this. Major plot point, go do there, do this. End of game. Here, it's major plot point. Shit tons of subtext. Shit tons of subquests. Have fun. And it's all these things that you can do to customize your character, customize your gameplay outside of the main storyline, outside of the main points that really sell this game to me as game of the year. And on top of that, what they've done is they created an architecture where in the modding community can go nuts with creating mods for this, wherein the game will live on the same way that Neverwinter Nights did. And they have the two-year plan in terms of being able to put out content for two years that... We can't wait for more DLC to come out for this. Unlike Borderlands, where the DLC is, it's fine and all that, but I'm certainly not biting at the chump waiting for it kind of thing. This here, the the, the DLC for, for Dragon Age Origins, I cannot wait for it to come out. Well, and that's the thing, too, is is I've never really looked for um, forward to a game so much 
downloadable content, like spending money to get stuff more for the game to continue it than I have with this game. And really, that's what sold me on it. So moving on from there, then you can unmute your mic and come back to us, Rick. (laughs) It's all right. We understand how you wanted to exclude yourself from this conversation, but that's all right. Moving on from this, then let's look at 2010 and what our mostly anticipated game is for 2010. Now for myself, Oh, oh, all right, fine. For me, it's absolutely no secret. It is Star Wars: The Old Republic. Without a doubt, that is my my number one most anticipated game. I cannot wait for it to come out. I know a lot of people are. It's Cataclysm, although that that doesn't really count because it's an expansion. But I'm willing to let it slide. But it's definitely Star Wars. Not because I'm a fanatic of the IP, but because the gameplay and what we've seen, what they are planning for this game is so revolutionary that it it, it, you, it can't even compare to anything else coming out. And having played through the Dragon Age, through Dragon Age Origins as well, we get a hint of what we can expect with Star Wars The Old Republic. A runner-up, of course, is Star Trek online simply because it's doing something so completely different with its questing through the episodic content and everything else and the ship battles versus away missions and all that i cannot wait to play that game as well joe what about yourself it's a tie it really is a tie and it is a tie between star wars the old republic online and Star Trek Online, which I'm holding my pre-order box in my hands right now, looking at it. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, we're going to talk more about that later. But I think both both of these games have received such a level of hype be it with each other that I, I can't say that two games have even come remotely close to being as anticipated as these ones have. I really, I, I really, really, really can't. I can't think of another game, another set of games that comes close. But the thing is, it's separate but equal. I mean, I hit, it's the number of people that are foaming at the mouth to get their hands on Star Trek. There's an equal number of, equal amount of fervor um, beyond or behind Star Wars. And with two major companies supporting these, these games and propelling them with such massive, I don't want to say marketing because I mean, honestly, we haven't really heard much about some of them until recent but just the amount of hype that they're getting in a small period of time the media blitz right now i i can't think of two games that are any any more anticipated than anything else in, in the last I, I dare say 10 years <laughs> I, apparently rick's got something to say all right so to be totally honest, I could give a rat's ass about Star Trek Online as an MMO or Star Wars Online as an MMO. I will actually pick up Star Wars about a month after it's been released, so that way I can at least get a good gauge on it. But I don't intend on playing it for a long period of time. I love Star Wars. I love the older public storyline. Don't get me wrong. I actually am a Star Wars fanatic. I don't like Star Trek that much, but whatever. That being said, what I'm looking forward to in 2010 is StarCraft 2, period. I'm looking forward, surprisingly enough, to Command & Conquer 4 because it's the final game. They still have the same fucking actor that plays Kane. That guy guy doesn't age at all. (laughs) He he doesn't fucking age. He looks the same however many years it's been. But um, uh, StarCraft 2 is going to dominate the shit out of my time when it's released. The... 
beta is going to be imminent. They're doing a shit ton media blitz with it now, actually, with every fan site. They're getting tons of interviews and gameplay and all this other new stuff and whatnot. And I'm pretty damn sure, based on everything that we played at BlizzCon this year and everything that these other official fan sites have been playing, that is definitely going to come out next year. I cannot wait for StarCraft 2. StarCraft 2 is going to beat the shit out of anything else out there as far as competitive gaming goes. And on the PC, you're going to see a major influx because I know Blizzard will never let that hit a console. So for that, that's what really? I'm looking forward to. You yeah, don't I, remember, I'm, you don't yeah. remember Star. You don't remember StarCraft on the N64? Yeah, when yeah. they when they ported it over, it was complete. <laughs> it was complete garbage. I they I'm pretty damn sure they learned their lesson. I that, yeah, but didn't Blizz just recently say that they haven't given up on consoles and that they are planning on releasing games on consoles in the future? Wasn't that just recently they were saying that? Did they say they were going to release StarCraft on the console? No, but that is... Okay, then. Okay, then. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Personally, I'm, I'm fucking militant when it comes to a real-time strategy. Does not belong on a console. Halo Wars can go fuck itself. I don't believe a real-time strategy game should be played without a keyboard and mouse, specifically the mouse part, which you don't exactly get on a console. But... I don't know. When you said that nobody's anticipated, do you, like, remember the last time you played StarCraft? How many years ago was that? You and, know? And, and, yeah, and but I times have changed. That's the thing. Statement. I stand oh, by my well, statement. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I understand. There, there's, there's a frothing, freaking angry mob looking for Star Trek Online, especially because that project, God, they've been trying to do iterations of a Star Trek MMO for how the hell long now, and it's never actually borne any fruit you know if i if i recall from all the previous games that have been talked about that i've never actually made it you know to the shelves and whatnot but um i'm i i gotta say i mean i'm excited whenever we talk about star star wars the mmo i've watched every video i'm, I'm actually pretty floored by it i'm interested but it's not something i'm like oh i gotta buy it on day that it released and i'm not gonna pre-order it but StarCraft 2, I'm going to pre-order, sit out in the fucking cold, in the pouring rain during a goddamn hurricane if I have to to get that game. <laughs> uh, geez, and, see, and, and the funny thing is, brother, man, looking at the way this release, if they, go do, if they do a beta in January, February, it goes to beta period for about six months. I'm going to be at the height of hurricane season when that son of a bitch gets released. So I probably will have to do a remote, you know, call in to you guys from my iPhone or something like that at, at some point, letting you know that I'm in the eye of the storm, <laughs> but I've picked up my StarCraft 2. And Sammy will be there as well. He'll, he'll be laughing at me from his bunker. <laughs> Excellent. I'm surprised that you didn't say actually Bioshock 2. I'm very surprised. Yeah, Bioshock I'm 2, surprised I'm, too. I'm, I'm really excited about Bioshock 2, man. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like... I haven't been waiting for Bioshock 2 for over the hell many years. I've been waiting for fucking StarCraft 2 for many, many years now. And when they canned Ghost, a part of me died. Well, see, like, that's the I, thing, too. I was I... sobbing like a bitch when they fucking canned Ghost because <laughs> me, me and a buddy of mine actually went to that E3. It's the only E3 I ever went to because they have an Alienware is located down here in Miami, Florida. Actually, it's located down in Kendall. And... um. I mean, he got in because of Alienware buddies. I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking played it. StarCraft Ghost was a playable fucking game. I played the damn thing, and they shit-canned it. They just they totally destroyed it. They deleted it. It doesn't exist anymore. So, I mean, when we talk about Diablo 3 or whatnot, that's going to be a different beast. But before Warcraft, for me, was StarCraft. Before I got into Warcraft in any capacity at all, it was StarCraft. And personally, the StarCraft universe is better. Than Diablo? 
No, than Warcraft. Diablo okay. is a beast unto itself. Diablo is something that I'm not even going to talk about because last See, time if, I did, you guys screwed me if, up by saying that it's going to come out like in 2013. Yeah, but it's not. Well, I'm betting earliest we'll see it is 11. 2011, if we're lucky, that's when we're, yeah. we'll see it. But, I mean, if there was a hope in hell, if the category was games that you would like to see in 2010, oh, without yeah. a doubt, D3, without a doubt, oh, that would be them. Actually, no, if it, it with if we were going with Snowball's chance in hell of ever being released, I would have gone with Duke Nukem Forever. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prayer there that's what you need buddy <laughs> you need a like a choir full of saints there for that prayer um as well too they've talked about the de- the beta coming out in 2010 and then the game in uh 2011 guild wars 2 as well which we've been seeing more with the uh, the voice acting video that came out as well as the behind the scenes with the voice was- acting where they talked to the actors which was fucking fantastic i mean yes it's just voice acting it's not so much the story but it really lends a credibility to the the fact that the voice actors are being told how much backstory there is to each of the races and whatnot, which really lends you to uh, it lends a certain amount of credibility to the the world being created as well for two. Excuse me. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Wine went down the wrong hole. <laughs> yeah, no, that right was there. just a belch. <laughs> I was hoping that somebody would talk and cover that up, but that's all right. <laughs> that's because this is empty. Like See? farting and blaming it on the dog? Yeah, no, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I take full credit for that shit. Anyways, wow. On that happy note, we are going to call it a wrap for this of the year edition. We are not done, however. We're going to stick around and just shoot the shit post show about various news from the week. Um, if you want to stick around and listen to it, you are more than welcome. If not, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. Next week is going to be a fantastic episode where we are going to delve into the of the decade games. This is going to be, if you thought this one was was involved, of the decade is going to be fantastic merely because it is so diverse. So many things have happened. You don't realize how much has happened in a year, or sorry, in a decade until you start to look back all the way back. When you start looking back at 2000 and realize how long it's been, you realize how much has happened since then as well. Of the decade, is it safe to assume Maybe WoW, it's hard to say, could be Half-Life 2, could be any manner of things. Frankly, Ocarina of Time is still at the very top of my list. Who knows if anything else is going to top it if I've got some time to think about it. So join us for that next week. It should be an epic podcast episode. We're going to have a ton of fun. And if you want to stick around for some some random news and maybe bring in a couple of people just to talk about some of their comments about what the year has been like in games for them like i said stick around we'll go from there we are going to take a couple of minute break though and we're going to yes, go from we are.
lining them up like, oh, play these ponies, play, play these ponies. I'm stepping in harder this year. Can't be a rapper in Watch me as I grab it. Watch me as I quit. We gon' ghost town this motor, town with your, your sound. You act the dust, can't fight with us with your sound. You so don't stop, get it, get it. Before we actually get into any news, one of the other big disappointments for me was the Wii Vitality Sensor. I wanted to bring that up. It's more <laughs> hardware, but I think that deserved a nod as biggest disappointment of the year runner-up, without a doubt, was that Vitality Sensor. I just blew my mind when I was watching that. I'm watching all the cool stuff coming out for the Xbox. We got Natal coming out and then there's the, the motion sensor shit for the PS3 and I'm going, holy Christ, look at the Wii shit. It's a Vite. It's a, a pulse sensor. It's like for old people. Like if you're 73 and you need to make sure that you haven't died, basically is all that shit is. It was like, oh my God. So yeah, that was that was a runner up. So... See, I don't know. I'm 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 an old school gamer. I like gaming when I'm lazy, so I don't really pay attention to stuff. Like yeah, I, that. I want my pulse to be slow. Shit. So if, if it'll tell me when I'm going to go into a sugar coma, sure, I'll I'll put it on. But you know, I don't know about that. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, let's just actually see if anybody in the audience is interested in joining us for uh, a minute or so just to talk about some of their experiences during the year. So if you are in the... Oh, we already found one. <laughs> well, that took long. Daniel, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Fantastic. Hope you've been enjoying the show. What is one yeah. of your outstanding gaming moments of this year or perhaps just a, a game that really blew you away this year? I, I'm willing to <laughs> lean towards Borderlands for you. You would be 100% correct. <laughs> what is it about the game that really drew you in? Um, Mainly just the, um, the, uh, the art style, actually. Oh, really? It's yeah. funny to think about how much of a leap it was from their original choice. I mean, if you look at the original choice and then compare it to what they did now, it is very easy to look at the old stuff and think that game would not have lasted. Without a doubt, would not have lasted. But the new choice that they had in terms of the cell shading and how well it fit with the music, the style of the game, it was a perfect fit. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. And actually, I was just looking before you called me at the original, um, original trailer with the original um, 3D graphics, and it looks yeah. terrible. Oh, it does. It does. Well, I mean, terrible is a relative term. I mean, it, it looks good for what it is. It's just it doesn't mm, yeah. compare to people are starting to understand that uh, a game can be fantastic and have a great art style, and it doesn't have to be ultra realism. You don't have to be able to see every single pore on the guy's nose. You, you, It's the style that matters. That's what moves you. And the style in Borderlands combined with the music, the gameplay really was fantastic. The only thing holding it back was the goddamn ending. The, the, and it, it was terrible. Yeah, let's I, not I, talk about that. I, I would like to point in, though, that the original arc from the trailer for the original Borderlands was so much cooler looking than the crap we got. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, well, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, yeah. Yeah. Did you actually finish the uh, Zombie Island yet? Oh, yeah. And what did you think of it? fucking loved it <laughs> although i i haven't finished it yet but i've heard that the ending of that one is just as bad as the first one it's absolutely terrible it's not it's pretty bad but it um it's it's better than the original borderlands right it's better and than the uh, normal ending are you going to be picking up the um the second dlc oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> fantastic all right i'm gonna let you go thanks for calling man Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Always a pleasure. Yes, yes, definitely. Hey, uh, Vince, you busy? You want to come on? Okay, we're going to bring in Vince. Howdy, boys. <laughs> How's it going, Vince? Oh, it's going great, man. All right, so I, I'd be willing to guess with you we're talking Modern Warfare 2. Am I correct? You would be correct no matter what the chat room says. All right, so was it the... How they put you into that mindset and really made you care about the game, is that what really drew you in the most, or was it anything else? Well, it's right up there with Uncharted, at least for me personally. I have not played Uncharted, but from what I've heard, Modern Warfare is my Uncharted for the year. It just has a completely different way of telling the story, and I hate to say the stupid catchphrase everybody is using, but it's a cinematic experience. It puts me in the game like I've never been in a game before. 
They're doing that with a lot more games nowadays as well, wherein they're really blending the cinematics in with the game to give you a larger sense of the, uh, well, the backstory. It's easier to tell a backstory and a character when you can toss in some, some cinematics and whatnot as well, and to be able to control the story within reason as well by inserting preset cinematics. Yeah, like but not when even you're... so much cinematics. If you remember from my uh, spot a few weeks ago, I was emotionally invested in the game, not just yeah. watching it. How much control do you think you have in the game, though? Of the story, none. But, you know, sometimes it's just good to be along for a great ride. True, true. See, I played the uh, the, the, the Modern Warfare 2 and... Or, sorry, 4. Ugh. Which one was the one right before this? Uh... Call of Duty 4 was Four, the first yeah, Call of Duty, yeah, Warfare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's... It, dude, look at... Seriously, look at the camera, okay? C- cut me some slack. <laughs> hey, it's, but, it's uh, all good, man. It's all good. But, uh, no, I, I played through it, and I really loved the campaign. And, yes, no, you don't have as much control over the... Um, where the story is going to go, but that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes the story has been laid out in such a way that it's such an interesting story. You're bound to enjoy it anyways. And they do a very good job of putting you into that mindset and and but the way that you were talking too like it's it depends on how you want to play when you're playing it and how much you're going to role play it versus how much you're going to just do what they tell you well not so much role playing i I role played that specific mission because it's how i wanted to go about it but you know for the most part they're like hey there's terrorists over there go shoot them in the face and you do it Okay, so <laughs> how much of the multiplayer stuff have you been doing on it? Uh, quite a bit. I love, I'm not crazy about the actual multiplayer. That's more a factor of the community than the game. The game itself is phenomenal. Like, I like rolling into team deathmatch with, you know, three or four of my buddies and just tearing it up. But for the multiplayer, for me, it comes down to the special ops mode. That is just such a blast. You and one other friend with these absolutely insane mission objectives and just having to be tactical and cooperative and actually think about what you're doing. Cool. Cool. Anything else over the year that really blew you away? Um, blew me away over the year. Torchlight, just like you guys were saying. Uh, Dragon Age. And one that I'd like to throw out there because it was technically released in 2008, but it was so late in the year it never made it onto anybody's list, was uh, Persona 4 on the PlayStation 2. Mm. I'm still playing that game. <laughs> All right. That's a good catch. Yeah. All right. We're going to let you go. Thanks for calling, man. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. So this is the part where I harass you now and tell you about the box in my hands. Oh, uh, I'm I'm still trying to hang up on him. There, he's gone. All right. Do I, is there anybody else who wants to call? Because I I need more time to deal with this before I can just deal with him. Is there anybody else, please? Oh, <laughs> if you guys don't, you'll see a grown man cry. <laughs> Possibly. Quite possibly. Seriously. Look at There's a tear right there. There's a little tear right there. <sighs> okay, Tarts. Come on, hurry up. Add me for the lore. Okay, while we're waiting for Tarts, fine. You got your collector's box with a ship that you're going to be able to use for 20 hours. So no, I guess no, it's... No, 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 no. What, 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 what? Remember, we talked about it. We were canceling our... We were canceling you didn't say you yeah. were definitely canceling, though. Oh, yes, don't I tell did. me this is the Amazon one. No. <sighs> Believe it or not. Hold on. 
I went a completely different route with this. As I'm walking around doing some holiday shopping, I happen to see a pre-order box on a shelf. Turn the box over, happen to look over and see what it has to offer exclusively. I pre-ordered at Target of all places. Do you want to know why I pre-ordered at Target after I switched after I canceled my order from uh, GameStop? No, I don't. Because exclusive to Target is the TR-116 Carbine Phaser Rifle that stays with you for the entire duration of the game. The TR-116 Phaser Rifle is a developmental projectile weapon. This unique design has been modified with a micro-transporter, which allows the user to fire without line of sight to their target, bypassing barriers and obstacles. So while everybody's talking about their ships, I'm going to concentrate on my away mission with my nice, lovely, glowing rifle. I hate yeah. you. <laughs> hate you. The passion with which I hate you cannot be measured by passion. I hate you. Oh, okay, for people who are wondering here, Joe and I, as we'd mentioned on previous podcasts, had ordered from GameStop. What has happened is that more news has come out in terms of the pre-orders for Star Trek Online, and guess what? The Star Trek Online bonus that you get from pre-ordering from GameStop, that Constitution ship, you only get for 20 hours. So the first 20 hours of gameplay, you got this really cool freaking ship but then after that it's gone you get another goddamn ship and that's that so whereas the amazon pre-order you get the borg which i still want apparently dark target has a cool freaking gun <laughs> stupid thing and then <laughs> But like us fancy dancy Canadians here, we have like very limited options. Uh, apparently, I checked into it. The EB Games here in Canada has the same GameStop option as the ship, which only just found out about that. But that's it. I can order from Amazon.com if I want the pre-order bonus, the, the Borg. However, it'll cost me 20 goddamn dollars. Now, on top of that... Cryptic has said that though they are not planning on having any of these items available in microtransaction format at launch, they are thinking about it for later on. So you may very well be able to buy any of these other things later on as microtransactions. So really, it's it's just not cool. Not cool at all. Keep your goddamn rifle. I can tell you where to shove it while you're dropping soap, okay? If that's what you want to hear, you bastard. Tart, I'm bringing you into the show. Give me a second here. God damn you, bastard. I hate you. How much was the pre-order? How much did you have to put down? $5, and I got a guaranteed. They got my beta key already, actually. I'm sending you $5. I'm going to send you $5. You're going to get me that goddamn rifle. Then we're going to cancel the order. And then I'll have a rifle and I'll be laughing. I'm also going to get a Borg. Somebody loves me somewhere in this world. Wants advertising is going to give me a Borg. I have. It's, it's just. It has to happen. Tarts. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Oh, my God. Turn up your mic. It is all the way up. It's built in. Are you serious? Shit. Okay, Joe, you're going to have to like talk way quiet because I'm cranking the volume here. All right. See, well, that's as best as we can do it. How are you doing? Good. How about you well, guys? We're doing fantastic. Hope you've been enjoying the show. How are you? Like, in, in terms of gaming this year, what would you peg as one of the best gaming moments this year? Me? I loved Prototype. 
just the mass slaughtering of everything in prototype was awesome. I agree. I had a phenomenal time with it. I It's actually a game that I did not finish yet. However, I fully intend on finishing it. It's it's. I don't know if you found the same thing as me where it was really hard to stop playing from killing shit to then being sucked into the story. It really did a good job of keeping you sucked into the game. Yeah, that it did. Um, I just wish that I would have had more time with it before my PS3 got confiscated <laughs> dare i ask i um i actually wound up having to move and for a job and mr tart is still at home with the ps3 <laughs> he wouldn't let me have custody so that's i would have kicked him in the balls for that no i just told him that i was gonna buy my own and then that way we didn't have to share anymore <laughs> Did you get to play Infamous at all, if only just even in the demo? No, not at all. I didn't get to play that, and I didn't get to play Borderlands at all either. See, because the, I brought up the Infamous because it came out at the same time as the prototype, and it was the comparison that everybody made. Um, and having played through the demo but not through the game of Infamous, I didn't bother picking it up simply because it did not, in my opinion, hold a candle to prototype. I played prototype, however, on the computer, and I really found that it lended itself very well to pc gaming to use the keyboard and mouse to move around and to switch between abilities and whatnot um i didn't play it on the ps3 so like how well did it play on the ps3 it played really well it was really smooth i played the ps3 version and the xbox 360 version right it used to have huge parties um at my friend's house playing it but it was just completely smooth. Like the graphics were flawless. Like you could not complain about them at all. Cool. Anything else that you found this year? Not really. Just because of being in transit and moving and all of that. The only other game I really had time to play at all was Ion. And Ooh. my computer is not the best. So I couldn't even really like appreciate the graphics because I'd have everything on low. Yeah, but the graphics were the least of your concerns once you got into it. This is true. But, I mean, we're talking some points where I played um, Asmodian in that first little town that you got to where you got your wings after you hit 10. It would lag out my computer so bad I would DC half the time. Right. Yeah, well, that that was the least of your concerns. I It might have been for the best that you actually didn't get to play it because once you really got through, there was so much that was depressing later on with that game that it's... Yeah, it's, I heard that. I had a friend who got to 50, busted his ass, and then immediately canceled his account once he hit 50. Well, what I was reading recently as well, too, is that the percentage of people that are above... What is it from 35 to 50 is an insanely low amount. Nobody is up in those higher levels, which then makes it that much more difficult to be able to do any kind of group anything, which then leads to then just camping out the lower levels and making their life miserable. Pretty much. And then I guess from what I heard, too, there was a huge disparity in gear. So if you were already 50 and you had gear you could just beat the shit out of anyone that didn't have gear. Like it was really bad. It would be like going up against somebody with, you know, over a thousand resilience and you're in, you know, PVE greens, like that it was that bad. 
Yeah. No, definitely. It's it's too bad. I, the game had so much potential. I, I, there's still part of me that really wants it to do well. I, despite all of this shit, I, I want it to do well. I would like to renew my subscription. I really would. I would like to play again. It's just, I'd like to enjoy it. <laughs> That's not asking too much, is it? Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I really, I wanted to like it more than I actually did. And I'm hoping that it gets better. And, you know, maybe it's one of those that six months down the line when everybody's level capped, it will be better. But I I don't know. My hope's not up there entirely right now. Yeah. All right. Anyways, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for calling, dear. No problem. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody in the audience, we're going to call it a wrap at that. Actually, it's been a very long show. And next week is going to be a fantastic show as well. We've got, um, again, of the decade categories that we're going to be tossing together and talking about. Well, a decade in gaming is a bloody long time. Make sure to join us. It's going to be the same time, quarter to seven uh, pre-show. We will be uh, we'll be having a lot of fun. Um, before we head out, there was one bit of news though that I wanted to touch on. This is a quote on the um, the rating that's being sent off, the the description that's being sent off for the ESRB rating board of North America for Dante's Inferno. This is fantastic to listen to because they have to describe everything that's going on in the game and why it deserves certain types of rating. So what they sent in. To the ESRB ratings is that when, uh, where are we at here? We have, as for the nudity, the tapestry style hand-drawn images of topless women embracing a naked woman on a stone, or a naked woman on a stone slab levitating in the air, only her breasts are fully defined. The aforementioned topless Cleopatra and a bluish devil demon in a boss battle mode its penis visible during the flying and fire spewing. That is what they're sending to the ESRB. That's what we can expect in Dante. I read that today. Howled maniacally knew that I would have to bring that up during the podcast. <laughs> what are you choking on there? The imagery? <laughs> the water that I was drinking. Oh, my God. <laughs> So this is what we can expect from Dante's Inferno coming out next year, folks. And with that, I'm going to let you go. We'll talk to you next week. We should have a fantastic show lined up for you. Take care and good night. Good night, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you and your fire penis, man. It would be better, though, if there was a picture of the cat tangled up in, like, <laughs> freaking lights and everything as well. <laughs> Poor cat, like, half the tail singed and all looks all messed up. God, we're horrible. Peter's gonna be on our ass. So- <laughs> freaking candy cane half chewed in its mouth. <laughs> Melted into the fur. <laughs> Put that up on like law cats, right? As Bah Humbug, Bah Humbug cat. <laughs> Grinch ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> yeah, that's right, bitches.
No, he said that he was um that he would be back eventually. So <laughs> got the monitor chat now waiting for him to What's show up. Once he's explained to the the firefighters why he's a single guy with so many cats, <laughs> and he's, he's staring at them with... too. You got you guys look dirty. Do you want to use my shower? <laughs> this guy living with all of his, living with his ex girlfriend, and he's got a house full of cats. Mm-hmm. And he knits. And he knits. Wow, yeah. wait, I didn't know he knits. He knits. Yeah, you, you with the muscles. Yeah, you, you look like a dirty boy. My shower's over that way. The soap is very slippery. Be careful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That flew over my head so fast, but I feel so dirty just listening to you say it. It's like, oh, God. Jesus, I hope we're not broadcasting. I really could not imagine biggest fucking dudes. Best new what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, I didn't know we were broadcasting. You haven't been broadcasting. I told you that hour. I just said it to broadcast. I wasn't listening to you. You're fired. You're here for this show and next show. That's it. New year. We're starting with fresh blood. Somebody who's not stupid. (laughs) That's the only going to be the only requirement for the job. Don't be a stupid and maybe have two balls instead of just one. They call me one hung low. Oh, he's taping up the the cat. (laughs) He's got bandages and gauze and (laughs) like all kinds of polysporin and shit. See, this is, this is the bad part, you know, because he totally left us in the dark with, and with no details about what the yeah. hell just happened. You the know? cat so set the tree on fire. <laughs> I, I, gotta go. the fire. I gotta go. <laughs> Bring water. <laughs> I hope you gotta pee lots. It's gonna take a lot of pee to put that out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have any cat lovers in the audience tonight that are gonna be oh. offended? No, right? I hope not. He's still not answering. Ah, he's he's probably not gonna answer until he gets back. Maybe this was all just a clever ploy and nothing wrong with the cat. He's just maybe he's getting busy or something. I don't know. Possibly with, with what? Because it's not with who. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> Start hearing on <laughs> <in> the back. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was a tree incident. Yeah, the yeah. cat in the tree. Yeah, leave it alone. Not again. Not again, man. <laughs> <laughs> not again. That's what the cat's thinking. <laughs> oh, we're, we're not good friends. We're bad friends. Joe. He's not answering. It's still waiting out to No, I'm intrigued. Answer the phone. Put the fireman down. Untie him. Let him go. <laughs> There's someone out there for you. You don't have to kidnap firemen. That's what he's doing, probably. I'd bet money on it. I'd bet money on Joe. Kidnapping Banging a fireman? Fire yeah. Really? Yeah. You'd probably like, I'd look great in that outfit. Let me try it on. I bet you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had sugar pie. Again, very um, French Canadian no, thing as well. What, it's what, delicious. Delicious in a pie pan. That's what it is. It's just, <laughs> it's, and I mean, you, it's like the equivalent of five espressos kind of thing because it's like sugar. And it, oh my God, it's good. Blueberry pancakes. Oh, 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 dude. Oh, oh, so good. But, um, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and so yeah, so you'd have blueberry pie and cherry pie and you name it. It's it's there. And then cookies. Oh, oh, you got peanut butter cookies. You got molasses cookies. Oh, oh. You just have such diverse things. Like we have Man. different variants of the same like sugar. No, no, you know? no. Um, are we sure that he's all right or no? I hope so. Fuck, I don't know. Oh well. Could he really Joe die from a Doogie. tree on fire? I don't know. I think he's fast enough to get out of the building. That'd be one of those things where, like, I kind of, I, I would laugh, but I would feel bad if he really got hurt. You know? I'd well, laugh, if it was a little joke. bit of hurt, if there was some some hair singed, he could probably spare some. But I mean, if it's more than that, <laughs> yeah, like half an eyebrow missing. Yeah, yeah that'd be that'd be fun. Fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I want pictures, dude. <laughs> Screenshot it, or it didn't happen. For fuck's sake, nobody wants to be here with me. He'll come back and I'll be like, fuck you, I don't need you. I got music in my soul. Where's my iTunes? I can't turn it off. Okay, is your cat on fire? Did you lose an eyebrow? Please tell me you lost an eyebrow. Not yet. There's no lights in the tree yet. Not yet. Damn it. That whenever it's accessing the hard drive, you're getting a thump, 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 thump that you can hear. And people are going to start thinking that, you know, the sound of you guys' voices turned me on or something. Well, I come back from a drink to a story about you faffing is really all I got out of that. And not just any kind, but to you guys' voice. I know. I am I'm horrified and honored. I'm blushing. You should be. That's yeah. I'm and I didn't even ask you to drop the soap. Oh, he's not. There he is. Wow. Chris, you there. Yeah. What the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> Should we be asking? No. Okay, then. <laughs> wow. So you were no, prepared for this call, is what you're saying. Punch him in the face. Punch him in the face. That's her. It. Punch her in the face. Punch whoever. the Amazon woman. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Punch whoever.